0: Talk Station with the King of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC.
1: And this is. Oh yeah! He couldn't wait to get the hell out of Dodge. Who am I talking about? The Swagger Man with no plan, Eric Adams. Oh my God! <laughs> he he picked up, got on a Jet Blue and said, F you, I'm getting out of this storm here in New York City where I got illegals coming in every day, and I don't know where to put them. My latest uh, dream is to put them in tents in the uh, parking lot of Orchard Beach. Man, is that a dumb idea? Uh, Just about as dumb as putting them on mothballed ocean liners in the port of New York Brooklyn and Staples, Stapleton and Staten Island. So he decided with all the Mishigash going on here that he just have to get out of town. In fact, he actually made reference to the song that we have said is his theme song. Please get that ready. I'll let you know when to play it because we've got some musical chairs here. Generally, when I come on a Sunday night to finish up my Quinella, five shows that I do over the weekend at WABC, where the acronym ABC is always broadcasting Curtis. I finish up from 9 to 11. I give you the issues of the day, and then we go into the uh, animal show for one hour. Wow, it's really personal today. As one of our 18 rescue cats, Tuna almost checked out. Uh, Both uh, Nancy and myself, we had to do triage for about four hours. We'll get an update of how Tuna's doing. But she was going, going, gone. But the person who is gone is Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. You know which one to get there because my uh, board uh, operator is not the Frank Morano team is um, a little bit of the better side of the other side of Midnight, Bill Lee, Broadway Bill Lee on loan from WCBS-FM. And he's attached like an appendage. He has to be to the Ken doll here who uh, is our telephone uh, so-called talent coordinator. Oh, my God. With a muscle between both earlobes. And, of course, Alex, the biggest brown nose. Sickle fan and toady and lackey in the radio business. He's got his schnaz so far up. Frank Morano's us. The brown may be permanent. I'm just telling you. A- anyway, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I see Eric Adams. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I mean, look. There's all kinds of craziness going on here. Crime, we're going to get into that later on with a We Be Thugging update. In fact, some of our listeners on the other side of midnight say, Hey, Curtis, whatever happened to your your We Be Thugging update? I mean, I could do like hours of We Be Thugging updates just on the day's crime in New York City. It's that, that far off the hook. And then there's the illegals pouring in each and every day. He doesn't know what the hell to do with them other than them. Get down on, get down on his knees and beg, Papa Joe Chulo, Papa Joe Biden, to please, please send money. <laughs> I don't know how, how the hell we're gonna pay for all of this. My grandiose ideas. And then he's got the vaccine mandate that's being repealed, that has been stuffed right in his face. Homeless people, our own homeless people, emotionally disturbed persons, and a city in which 50% of the office buildings are still unoccupied. So what does Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan decide to do? Jump on a jet blue plane and go to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Like, what the hell are you going to do there? God, did he fly the coop. But before he flew the coop, he hooked up with the New York City Transit Police who uh, sang to us over and over again. And you're going to hear from my report later on. Anyway, you go to Facebook at Curtis Lewa, Facebook at Curtis Lewa. You are going to see a crime that is going to so appall you in the train station at Howard Beach. The A-Train connection to the JFK bus that so many turistas take. This guy comes out of nowhere, this black guy, wearing all red sneakers. He tries to grab this one guy. He gets away, and then he grabs a female, and I mean he viciously pounds this female. When you see this, some of you will have to turn your video off. You you won't be able to stomach it. Even I, when I looked at it the first time, and I've seen everything, I said, oh, my God, that's a woman. He's stomping the hell out of her. He walks away, comes back, and continues to stomp on her. you got to go to Facebook at Curtis Lee, or Facebook at Curtis Leewa, or Twitter at Curtis Leewa, Twitter at Curtis Leewa. Lee. Again, the Howard Beach Station of the A-Train. They completely converted it so that tourists can take that A-train into the city. Take a bus from the JFK terminals. I would never recommend that. You're out of your freaking mind to get on that A-train. (laughs) Ha! Hey, you know, nice bus ride, you know. (laughs) You're coming in from JetBlue Terminal. You take the bus over to Howard Beach Station, nice, pristine, brand-new and then you get on that A-train. Oh my God. You gotta go. I mean, it, it, it's the only thing you do tonight. You watch this video. It's exclusive to the Curtis Lewis show. Now it's not my video it was shared with me because people are asking me. Imagine they're asking me, Curtis, can you bring the guardian angels to Howard Beach? Howard Beach. Never, never, ever, 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 ever before. They were too busy wanting to kill me in Howard Beach. That's the only reason I would need guardian angels. there to protect me, never mind the average people. There is so much crime there now. You would say years ago, this would never have been tolerated in Howard Beach. People would have been grabbing their Rocky Calavito, Louisville Slugger bats, and they would have beat the hell out of this guy. And he walked away. And when I called the transit police, I said, what's up with this video? What video? I said, come on. This is Curtis you're talking to. Come on. You know, this isn't a movie. This is in law and order. This is a real video. What do you got to say about it? Well, what you see is what you got. Where were the cops? I mean, this is the transit point. People who are coming into the city were trying to encourage this. And they're going through that station. It's nice and clean. It's brand new. And you see this monster, this enemy of society. No cops, no security, no nothing. Almost kill a woman in front of us. Kill a woman. And you know the calls. My 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 cell phone is blowing up. I had to turn it off because I'm doing the show. Curtis, can you come out to Howard Beach? And, and I say, hey, is this Joey? Joey, he... he You were part of a group that wanted to kill me, right, 20 years ago. It's all right. We're not moving to Florida. Please, Curtis, bring the guardian angel to Howard Beach. We're already in Bay Ridge, Diker Heights. I would never in my wildest dreams have ever assumed that people are putting up posters. On the R-Train station, because people are perving women, and they're saying, you try to perv me again, I'll slice your nuts off. That's right. I'm sorry, uh, Broadway Bill Lee, grammatically not correct. But, I mean, people are so frustrated. No cops. Where's Eric Adams? He's uh, on that plane. Could I have, uh, please, Lenny Kravitz, please. Oh, yeah. My god, he's in Puerto Rico. I saw some of the film. He's taking selfies, freaking selfies with people. I mean, what the hell is he gonna tell them in Puerto Rico? Oh, I want you to be just like New York City. In fact, he says, I'm coming here for my brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is our sixth borough. Hold up. Hold up. Now you can continue with the music. I need the vibe. I thought Boca Raton in Florida was our sixth Borough, right? All the out the go to Boca Raton. That's where Sid Rosenberg is originally from. By the way, Sid's got a problem with Russia. Hashanah tonight, the beginning of the new year. Okay, that's party-hardy, right? Well, what was that? I'm the man. Yeah, you're the man, all right. He's partying, you know, he's drinking the Manischewitz. Oh, that's right. He doesn't drink anymore. Oh, he'll be on the wagon. So... He's celebrating New Year's like all Jews are. And then they're praying to Hashem. They're davening. Please, Hashem, write me into the book of life. Because by the time of Yom Kippur, about 11 or 12 days later, if Hashem has not written you into the book of life, you're dead. It may not be right away, but you ain't making it through the year. Sorry. My God, man, that's that's Old Testament. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And you know, Jewish listeners, you can walk over to the nearest waterway. You could put breadcrumbs in there, like the tradition says you do. Ain't gonna help you if Hashem forgot to put you your name in the book of life, or he purposely decided. Said Rosenberg, that's it. I'm not putting your name in. Because you want to be a freaking Italian. You always did. You wanted to be one of those Gentiles. That's why you're, you're being featured in the Bamboo Lounge, the movie that's coming out about the mobsters choking on their lobsters. And instead of playing Chris Rosenberg, a Jew, you demanded that you play the part of an Italian. He's got a lot of explaining to do. I'm the man. Yeah, you're the man. <laughs> Maybe to us, but not to Hashem. God. I don't know how he convinces Hashem to write him in the book. Got to write in the book of life. If you're not in the book of life, that's it. It's over.
0: Who is that person? I want to beat him up. No,
1: you can't beat up Hashem. You'll never be in the book of life. I got to save Sid Rosenberg from himself. Got to listen to him tomorrow morning, 6 to 10. It's his New Year's, but then in about 11, 12 days, Yom Kippur, Uh-oh. That's as serious as a heart attack holiday. So anyway, uh, let's face it, Boca Raton is the sixth borough of the city of New York. Now, that hurricane that DeSantis has declared a state of emergency about is going to fly right through Cuba. Probably take out that island on uh, Monday night and slam into Florida by Tuesday, the latest Wednesday. So let's say hypothetically, and let's hope this is not so, it takes out Boca Raton, right? The six borough of the city of New York. Do you think Eric Adams is going to volunteer to go down to Boca Raton or anywhere in Florida to help all the out the all the New Yorkers down there who own a second home? Hell no! He wouldn't even go to the Texas border at the invitation of Governor Abbott to see the craziness, the insanity of the invasion at the border. And he said he's going to. Puerto Rico because he says, now get this we are all tied at the hip
2: it's all in the
3: hips it's all in the 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 hips get off of me it's all in the hips he just needs the tension baby it's all in the hips
2: I'm on tonight, and know my voice See, baby, see it's it's it all in the, the hips. Hips, hips, see, hips, yeah, see, hips. Attention, attention. Don't you see, baby? See it's all in the here. hips. I know I'm on tonight. My hips don't lie. It's all in the hips. They're Attention, attention. Don't you see, baby? It's all in the hips. Boy, I can see your body move. It's all in the hips. Attention,
3: baby, let's dance. It's all in the hips. Hips. No fighting. No fighting. I am completely open. You know, I'm a nightlife man, and I like to test the product.
1: Yeah, we know that. (sighs) By the way, I understand from some of my Puerto Rican guardian angels in San Juan, they actually operate right outside of San Juan in Levittown, that he and the city entourage we're paying for are staying at the Condado Ocean Club, raising the roof tonight to the wee hours of the morning, entertaining the Bitcoin bandits, the blockchain ripoff artists, and the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers who actually have bought McMansions in Puerto Rico because the Commonwealth has given them a tax shelter. You know, it's like uh, Delaware's a tax shelter for Fortune 500 companies. Puerto Rico, which used to be a tax shelter for the pharmaceutical industry and for the oil and petrochemical refineries, is now a tax shelter for the worst bandits in the world, the Bitcoin bandits, the blockchain bandits, and the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers. She's probably meeting with them, whining, dining, and getting pocket line.
0: Show me the money.
1: And then he's on his way to the DR, like, excuse me. You want to see Dominicans, like, go and deal with the crime in Washington Heights and Inwood. Plenty of Dominicans up there. God, this guy. Oh, oh, oh. And by the way, he wants to tell us that the subway crime, I, I got to play this as many times as I can. It, it's not real, even though it's up 80%. Broadway, Billy. When you take that number train, one train on Broadway, and you see all the craziness on there, you're wrong. You're yeah, you're, you're, you're wrong. You're it's your perception.
3: We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers—they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, when you see homeless individuals with mental health issues. Not being attended to and given the proper services that add to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear.
1: The perception, not the reality. I mean, what drug does this guy take? I mean, seriously. How do you walk through life and not know there's a major crime and street crime problem in New York City? Unless you're taking some mood elevating drugs. Ecstasy, Bali, in the wee hours in the morning. Well, he's at the Condado tonight, and he'll be in the DR tomorrow, Santo Domingo, saying that he wants to help the flooded out victims of the storm Fiona with their needs to have fresh water and electricity restored. He can't even do that in the public housing projects right? <laughs> of New York City, right? Jacob Reed's housing project. There's arsenic in the water. We got no lights. We got no heat. Oh, but we're going to go to San Juan in Puerto Rico and Santo Domingo in uh, the DR, and we're going to provide them with fresh water and electricity. We can't even do it here in the and impoverished public housing projects. And then, oh, yeah, the MTA chairman, money-taking agency chairman, he really runs the buses and subways because you never see Kathy Kleinwave hokum the governor who's in charge of the MTA, and, you know, they're trying to slam that congestion pricing right down our throats, $9 to $26. They still haven't figured it out. Every time you come into the city and go below 60th Street in Manhattan, and you know what he's calling all of you like me who are fighting against that? We're traffic deniers.
4: We have uh, uh, climate deniers. We have election
1: deniers. It
4: seems like we now have traffic deniers.
1: What the hell is he talking about, traffic deniers? The city is not back to 100% capacity. Traffic deniers. I mean, where did these guys whip this crap up from? The money-taking agency. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But wait a second. Up next, we have to wrestle with the political correctness... That has affected uh, military academies, West Point, Annapolis, and Maryland. It's affected the Coast Guard Academy in Rhode Island. It's affected, uh, well, not yet the Marine Corps. They're working on the Marine Corps. But it has affected the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, which used to in Colorado, not be liberal like Denver. Oh, no, it was... The epicenter of evangelical and holy rollers. Wait till you hear the terminology that the United States Air Force cadets must use. And also, I want to describe for you bisexual visibility day. Isn't that sort of an oxymoron? Like, that? how do you know who a bisexual is? Right? Yeah. You. It, it's bisexual visibility day. I wonder if I can proclaim that on WABC because first off it's none of my BIB business, and how the hell would I know that somebody's a bisexual, a pansexual, an asexual, a homosexual, a heterosexual, or one of sixty-eight different terms of sexuality that is driving me crazy. one eight hundred-eight four eight nine two 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 that's one 848 WABC.
0: He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC.
1: Air Force Academy, Colorado Springs. Now, Colorado is a very interesting state. It's a purple state. You go to Denver, very blue. You go to the University of Colorado Boulder, where they started 420 Puff Puff Pass every year. That's right, Ken gets excited. He is that, oh my God, is it April 20th yet? Puff Puff Pass? No, calm yourself down. Very liberal. But then you go to Colorado Springs, which is the home of the Air Force Academy, very conservative, and a lot of evangelicals, holy rollers, and cathedrals, you know, cathedrals, but they're supersized. But the Air Force has decided that they had to impose upon their cadets the gender-inclusive training. It tells cadets to not use the term any longer, any longer, mommy and daddy. Nope. Cannot call them mommy and daddy, even though they nurtured you, even though they supported all your endeavors, even though you got busted, right, for smoking uh, reefer, and they bailed you out of the situation so that eventually it was expunged from your record so you could go to the Air Force Academy. There's no more mommy and daddy. According to the United States Air Force, when you become a cadet at their academy, you can no longer use the term mom and dad. And you cannot refer to boyfriend or girlfriend. Nope. That's it. Or you're off into the brig. Yeah, you know. Uh, you'll be digging latrines for the rest of your life as an Air Force cadet. You must include all genders. Because unbeknownst to us, when uh, General uh, Curtis LeMay, that's right, bomb him into the Stonehenge, who eventually ran with George Wallace as his vice presidential candidate, but he was best known for saying, let's bomb those commies right into the Age. Let's turn them into a glass highway, right? That guy was frightening. That was like Dr. Strange fellow. right? Uh, Curtis LeMay. But anyway. I digress. So are you taking meticulous notes here, Ken? Because uh, as a McWhitey-Whitey, there's no doubt you could have qualified for the United States Air Force Academy. In fact, you must use words that include all genders. And before you go into the barracks, before you go into a classroom and you meet new cadets like yourself, you must first ask them what they call themselves. Rather than assuming, so you have to say, "Oh, cadet, I see you're from San Jose. How should I refer to you?" They actually say you got to do this, or you're breaking breaking the code of conduct. And man, you may never fly in an Air Force jet, Air Force bomber, cargo container plane, refueling operation. You may be cleaning out the uh, stalls. That they house the equipment in. I mean, hey, Ken, this is serious stuff. Pay attention. Instead of saying, you guys over there, can I play? Can I play? No, 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 no. You have to use gender-neutral terms like, hey, team. Hey, squatties. Who the hell talks like that? Hey, squatties, right? Folks. Do they not realize that there are two kinds of gangs, folks and people, to show you how totally devoid of street smarts they are. There are the folk gangs and there are the people gangs. And all different street gangs, whether are in Chicago, L.A., New York, wherever they might be, have to fall under the banner of the folks gangs or the people gangs, right? The peeps. Now, you know what that means. If all of a sudden you have to refer to people as folks, Oh, you a folk? Let's get it on right here, because I'm a peeps. This is crazy. And you must use the term that is synonymous with the South, and especially with people like you, Broadway Bill Lee, black people. Yo. Now, who the hell up north says yo? Like, I get it. You know, down south, the crackers, they say yo. The blacks, they say yo. Even the illegal aliens learn right away, if there's one word i got to say because I'll be ostracized, y'all, how dumb does that sound? You're in the hallways of the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Y'all, what do you think y'all are doing, huh? Dumb. And you must use, can understand this, person-centered language, such as people with disabilities... Instead of the disabled. Remember that. You can't say disabled. You know what we used to say? We used to say handicapped, crippled. Crippled first. Then we said handicapped. Then we said people with disabilities, right? Well, that's what it has to be. Always people with disabilities, not the disabled. And transgendered people rather than transgenders. Now, what's the difference? Transgendered people as opposed to transgender. I'm telling you, Ken, you don't speak properly at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. You're going to end up in the break, maybe even in Leavenworth, for not using the proper gender language. Because what you have to do, Ken, if you're aspiring to be a cadet for the United States Air Force, you must help lift others, motivate your team, and develop warfighters. I'm sure this is going to create warriors, not... It's DNI. Remember, DNI. You can't have a tattoo. So write it in, in the palm of your hand because you're a real Gavon, Ken. DNI, diversity and inclusion. That's the most important thing of becoming a warrior. Defending America. Ready to drop a payload. So that if all of a sudden Vladimir Putin drops the big one and you get the signal from the Air Force Command, the SAC Air Force Command in Omaha, Get into that B-52 and drop your payload over Moscow. It has to be done with diversity. (laughs) It's got, I can't believe this. I can't believe this crap. It's got to be done with diversity and inclusion. If they don't give you the orders to drop the bomb and refer to you in the way you want to be referred to, 68 different gender identities and sexualities, then you can refuse the orders. As according to the Air Force Academy. If the commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, was bumbling and stumbling with his orders, no, drop the bomb! He doesn't refer to you in the gender capacity you want. Asexual, pansexual, bisexual, that's it. You don't have to obey those orders. To hell with you, commander-in-chief, because... I promote. I can't believe this. I mean, I'm even saying this. <laughs> this is what it's come down to. D and I. You can't say mommy or daddy. You can't say hey girlfriend, boyfriend. No, nope. no, nope, no. You might offend somebody. This is all part of di- diversity and inclusion. D and I. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. I feel so much better about our military today. Now, if I were to assume because you hit the high notes, Ken, that you might have had a propensity to be a homosexual... (gasps) That's it. I'm going to the break. Leavenworth. And this all comes on the heels of what has been announced officially in New York City by a city council. A city council that has too much time on its hands. I don't know if with your many years of experience at WCBS FM, uh, Broadway Bill Lee. FM standing for freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and of course, Frank Morano. You knew that our city council declared yesterday Bisexual Visibility Day. I wouldn't know a bisexual if a bisexual stood in front of me. That's the whole idea. You don't know. They could just as easily have sex with a man or sex with a woman. But they're saying that the label bisexual has opened up people's eyes to the fact That all attraction is fluid and ever-shifting, which is related to a very strong sense of self-worth. It gives you the language to talk about your feelings and feel proud to label yourself bisexual. Like, who the hell cares? You can be whatever you want. This is America, right? But you got to wear now a little button. On bisexual visibility today. I'm proud to be bisexual. Okay, great. That's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I'm really impressed, right? I don't care. You see, if you're gay or straight, for example, you get, you understand that because that's shown in films, that's shown in documentaries, that's, that's brought up in public discussion. But when the hell is bisexuality ever discussed publicly? Never! which leads to low self-esteem, and a desire of a bisexual. Now, this is according to the city council. To subconsciously begin to feel resentment towards the label, which had provided that person so much relief and so much freedom. So now they're angry that they're a bisexual. Well, what are they going to start doing about that? So they start fumbling around with other options, experimenting, wondering if there were other ways to express themselves without the burden of negativity and constant struggle of protecting their identity. They might experiment with the label pansexual. This is something that you might want to try, Ken, which means an attraction to people regardless of gender. I mean, you're willing to have sex with anybody or anything at any point of the morning, afternoon, or evening. Maybe that'll suit you well. However, that label may not stick. Broadway Bill Lee, I mean, let's face it. Imagine you're saying, um, like Peter Pan, I'm a pansexual. Now, I'm not going to fly, especially in the hood. I think a small part of that person who's a bisexual, in fact, would be offended at that. That they'd want that bisexual label. What the what the hell are we talking about? Labels? Is this like, is this like little stickies? You know, you write, you write, "Hey, I'm bisexual," and you put it on a little post-it note on your shirt. Because then, if all of a sudden you decide I'm tired of being bisexual after six hours, I get another post and I'll put on a Post-it that I'm a pansexual or asexual, which means you're not going to have sex any time, any place, anywhere. You're going to be a celibate, and let me tell you, celibacy is the cure. If you keep that rocket in your pocket, I can guarantee you that you will not be a victim of monkeypox. Nope, you will not be a growing number of those who have been diagnosed with. Um, Sexually transmitted diseases, STDs, the CDC explained to us on Friday an explosion of reports from boards of health throughout the United States that people are getting syphilis, gonorrhea, crabs, all of that, herpes, everything we thought the penicillin would cure, right? Hey, the miracle drug, penicillin. Well, guess what? People have an immunity now to penicillin. And so you must adopt the Curtis Leeward measure Because penicillin alone will not destroy the STDs. And I'm not talking about STP by Andy Granatelli, remember? STP, the racist edge. You pour it in the the tank of your car and it sucks up all the moisture. No, no, not that. So I am suggesting to you, Broadway Bill Lee, because you are a baby boomer like me. But, Ken, you are one of these, I don't know, X, Y, Z generations in which you don't believe in Jimmy Camp's condoms. Having safe sex that you opt for the Curtis Lewa method, which is keep your rocket in your pocket. Abstinence is the cure. No monkey pox, no STDs, no syphilis, no gonorrhea, no crabs. Unless you happen to go to Jamaica Bay and you're crabbing, you know, late at night when the crabs come to shore. A, dif- a different kind of crab. Our number is one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. But a number of bisexuals were complaining on Bisexual Visibility Day that uh, they see labels not as boxes that they need to fold themselves into, but instead as something that is meant to serve them. Labels are there to give us the words when we don't have any and to help others understand what a bisexual is. I know what a bisexual is. You will have sex with a man or a woman. No further need for explanation. I don't need you waving a different flag than the gay pride flag and running around with Post-its all over your shirt saying, I am a bisexual today, but tomorrow I think I'll be a pansexual. Have I yet explored with you the 68, I repeat, 68 different references to somebody's gender identification and sexuality. My God, Broadway Bill Lee, we might need to eat up more radio real estate to go through this. You see, gender is an identity. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal sense of who you are. The term can also refer to socially constructed categories that relate to what it means to be a man, XY chromosome, or a woman, XX chromosome. Sex refers to biological and physiological characteristics. Your genitals, your hormones, your chromosomes all relate to your sex. Did I make myself clear? No. It's very confusing to me, and I said that. <laughs> I can imagine what it is like for you. 68 terms that describe gender identity and expression. They're now all incorporated into the rules and regulations for the cadets at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, which per capita, per person, has more holy rollers. The, uh, Mick churches, I call them. You know, the big box, uh, cathedral churches of the. Oh, wait a second. That's right. How about this? I get a tattoo. I go into Denver on the sly. I get the tattoo. AFAB. AF, right? Air Force. I could fool my instructors which means assigned female at birth. Doesn't mean I'm a female. How about that? A-F-A-B, right? I'll fool everybody with a little chicknology. What about A-M-A-B, assigned male at birth? God, I'm I'm so confused. What about cisgender? You know, AOC, all I'm crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America and the Justice Warriors, is always referring to people as cisgenders. That's to you, Ken, if you ever one day decide that you have given up the experimentation because you're tired of all those little posties that you're putting on your shirt. You'll have like 28 of them. And you want to exclusively identify with the sex and gender that you were assigned with by birth. Your plumbing. Your anatomical being. And then we get you back on common ground. You are what you are, although I'm not quite sure what you are, Ken. And I don't want to offend you because I understand at any given point, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, you might pivot and decide that you're something completely different. Maybe one day you'll be feminine of center. This describes people who experience their gender as feminine or femme. Some feminine of center people also identify with the word woman, but others don't want to be a woman. No, no, no. Shh, God. Or maybe Bill Broadway, Bill Lee of WCBS FM. You know, you used to frolic over there, WCBS FM. It used to be like Plato's Retreat, right? Constant sex and orgies, and you just, you're just tired, right? You get up in years, you just want to go to a Retirement home and don't don't want any labels at all. How about gender apathetic? It describes someone who doesn't strongly identify with any gender or with any gender labels, and it's just basically said, I've I've given up. I just want to die in peace. I'm going to Florida and I just want to freaking die in peace. How about that? Gender apathetic. Huh? We can spend hours doing these. And I'll put everybody to sleep. Our number is one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC.
0: WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
1: I mean, what better expert than Lou Reed from the big L.E.S. with the spike in his arm as he was shooting up heroin? Today it would be fentanyl. Holly
5: came from Miami,
2: F.L.A., hitchhiked her way across U.S.A., plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Yeah. Want to walk on the wild
1: side? Take a Ken? walk on the wild side. Since you're a young Huckleberry, what do you think, Broadway Bill Lee, that he try being a trigender? A trigender. That means your gender identity, can is the experience of having three gender identities simultaneously. You know, like Sybil has multiple personalities.
2: There, you know, Neo you could have City's three different gender C&A, identifications as a trigender. Wow. I said, hey, but George, let me
1: caution you, uh, Ken, as you get all frisky side. and you're now thinking, gee, I can go down to Delancey Street. I can go hopping from bar to bar. I can stop at that Mickey D's and maybe hope that the man comes at me, Should right? Be right? You're, you're begging. You're begging, and right? Streets. Never identify yourself as misgender. No, no, stop the music real quick. This could mean instant isolation. This could mean that you will immediately be ostracized from all gender identities. Because misgender is the act of referring to someone's using a gender pronoun or gendered language that's incorrect, inaccurate, or not inclusive of the person's actual gender identity. You will be labeled a pariah. You will be exiled from Delancey Street and the Stroll. Back with the music. Yeah, that's like the warning on a label, you know, when you smoke. You know, this could be hazardous to your health, you know, cancer stick. Doesn't matter, you still smoke, right? But I felt it was incumbent upon me to tell you, Ken... Because you're such a stunad. Never, ever, ever use the term misgender. Well, that's it. You might as well go tend a flock of yaks in Tibet
5: or Mongolia.
1: You will be persona non grata here. I felt I did my, my duty there. Let's go to Patty, who's calling all the way from the Irish Riviera, Rockaway Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Patty. <laughs>
6: talking to you and I love listening to you. You crack me up and I think that you made a good point in talking about the GA which is gender apathy. And I think that's the way this country is going. We don't care. There's no why do we care so much about gender? I don't understand it. But this is what we have to talk about 24/7 is the gender of somebody.
1: I am though concerned because uh, at one point Broadway Billy, when he was at WCBS, was known as a stallion. This guy just wouldn't stop. And now he says he's gender apathetic. That's It's all over. Patty, can we get him injections of testosterone? I don't know. Cialis, Levitra. <laughs> we got to help you. I don't, know.
6: I don't know what the solution is, but I do have a question for you. Yes. What do you think is going to happen to the national holidays, Known as Mother's Day and Father's Day, gone because this. I I understand that, but this is Mother's Day is the biggest celebration that we have in this country, next to maybe Christmas, and they want to take that away from this, all the mothers out that, there. This is what Denver. they will do.
1: I I I am looking into my crystal ball. I know the minds of the wayward hipsters and millennials. They will say they will conflate the two holidays, right? Mother's Day and Father's Day. And it will be one day, Parent's Day, which in, in, encapsulates and incorporates everybody. Parent's Day.
6: Yes, but doesn't that, we're talking about the not offending anybody. So why do we have to offend every mother out there who has given birth to a child? That's offended, That's offensive wait, to me. Wait,
1: Patty. Are you not aware that you alone don't give birth to children? Are you not aware do that men, the, Democratic Party,
2: give,
1: <laughs> the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party, says birth. that men can give birth? Yeah. How do you men know do they? Not, do how do you know they don't have birth. a menstrual cycle, Patty?
6: <laughs> do you look down their BBDs do their fruit in the loom? They, they do not have uteruses and they do not have ovaries. We know what an XY is and we know what an XX chromosome is. This is just insanity, and
1: this is why I love listening to you. I, I, you I, just I've just had enough, actually, Fatty. I've had enough of this. I've just come to the point of accepting the fact that, yes, it's not just women who can have children. And remember, I'm warning all of you guys out there. Women are not going to need us. It's coming. You won't even have to make a donation in a Petri dish. They'll be able to clone their own. That's it, guys. Then you better self-pleasurize. It's over.
2: You your damn guns than you do a woman's life.
1: Oh, yeah. They can clone their own. And when you got a banshee whale like that.
2: How do I have less rights than my mother? Whew.
1: God, I would become asexual. I really, truly would if I had to listen to that on a regular basis.
2: Rolling back the clock on women's rights and bodily autonomy is pathetic. Whew.
1: Later on we're going to hear about Oktoberfest what German women are doing. That's right. They're withholding sex if their men partners we have to be very clear which partners eat meat. And if there's not more carbon dioxide there'll be less beer. I thought we don't want carbon dioxide, right? We need oxygen, no? To make beer, I had no idea about this. You need carbon dioxide, and it's not enough to make the brewski. How are they going to have Oktoberfest in Germany, in Bavaria? Oh, you learn a lot here when you listen to Curtis Slewa. You learn a lot. <sighs> Let's go, if we can, to uh, Christine, who's calling from you Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Christine.
5: Hi, Curtis. Yes, Christine. Um, you mentioned earlier a fire department that was closed down. Where was that? It was on Staten Island?
1: No, 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 no. It was in within the context of the fact that we just did the commemoration for 9-11, 21st anniversary, and there was little, if any, you attention. You
5: not there today, but I, I understand with tuna. Right, right. And you made me cry, but, hey, I'm not going there.
1: Right, but but Christine on I'm march sorry. 1st on march 1st our city council is basically okay, going to ones. issue yeah. issue legislation yeah. that you cannot any longer hire white irish men to the fire department yeah. of the city of new york they're basically oh. saying too many white irish men we got to eliminate them we got to have people of color oh my god yes And, naturally, they'll have to prove that they're one of 68 different gender identifications.
5: I just wanted to ask you that.
1: (laughs) Now, can you believe that? I mean, here it is,
5: heroes. No. Hey, I'm not a mean person, but God Almighty, I'm getting mean now. Hmm.
1: You know, I, I I told Christine I was at Broad Channel the other night, going to a VFW hall in which we were talking to uh, families who have lost their jobs because <laughs> they didn't get the vaccines. And Eric Adams, he is a mean s o b. He will yes, not remove exactly. the vaccine mandate. But I, I won't say it. I passed. But I, passed, I can. I passed the fire department, Christine. I passed the not fire honest. department in Broad Channel. They were shocked to see me there. And I said, guys. Are you white? Yeah. I said, that's obvious. Are you Irish? Yeah. One of them showed me a shamrock tattoo. I said, hey, look, you don't have to show me. I I can I know Irish. I went to school with Irish. I know Irish. I said, you might as well quit now and go to Florida because on March 1st, the City Council of New York is basically going to say, heroes, 9-11, heroes, tunnel to tower, walk and run. But you zeros on Montreux. Get the hell out of here and don't look back. They want you to retire early. They want you to leave. They don't want you to be members of the FDNY. They want you to get the hell out of town. Because they say there's not, we go back to that DNI situation, there's not enough uh, diversity and. What does that stand for, Ken, D&I? I hope you took your lessons and you understand what D&I stand for. Oh, my God, you're failing right now. You better get that straight because I'm sure H&R here at WABC is going to catch up to all this nonsensical language. Diversity. Oh, God. Diversity and identity. Identity. If you don't pass mustard, get the hell out of here. Broadway Bill Lee. You and I have been in many old tenements, many places that, boy, a spark could burn that building down. Now, can you imagine an Irish guy, big Irish guy, you know, with the shamrock tattoos, comes running in to rescue us. And you immediately say, hold on, hold off. I I, I don't want you rescuing me. I need more diversity in a firefighting. I'll wait here. Uh, I'll get singed. You know, I'll get second, third-degree burns, maybe even first-degree burns. But if I don't have D&I diversity, I, I don't want you saving me. Did you ever know a person to say that before? But the city council, March 1st, mark my words, is passing a resolution, and then they will try to put it into legislation that no more white Irish Males need apply for the fire department in New York. Got that? It's almost like we're going back over, what, 200 years. Irish need not apply. White Irish men need not apply. If you're a woman, okay, because that's part of diversity. But if you're a man, think about getting a different job, you know? Hey, you know, go not hang wallpaper for a living. What the hell? You know, Day labor, right? Go out there and you'll be a minority. You'll know what it is to be a minority as you stand out there and you wait amongst the many Hispanics and illegals and you're hoping beyond all hopes that you get picked up that day so you can get one day of pay, right? And you will be diversifying the day labor crews. You'll be doing something good. You'll be a match. I kid you not. I kid you not. This is what's happening. And, by the way, let me give you a heads up, because Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, who's flying off to Puerto Rico and then the Dominican Republic to avoid having to deal with the illegal aliens pouring in, is setting up the one ten city in Orchard Beach, the parking lot. Guess what? If you're in the Rockaways, Bell Harbor, Naponset, oh, boy, Sid is really going to be upset at this. They're looking at Floyd Bennett Field right there on Flatbush Avenue before you hit the Gil Hodges Bridge, a.k.a. the Marine Park Bridge. And if that's not good enough, the old Fort Tilden, which is right there before you hit Breezy Point. You know, it's called you got to share. You got to keep something in your own backyard. Oh, yeah. Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, is going to stick it to you. So next time you see him, You know what you should do in Gaelic? Learn the nastiest, foulest language imaginable and let him know what you think about his plans to bring in all these illegal aliens and treat them better than all of you who pay your taxes, are law-abiding, raise your kids, and most importantly, contribute to our economy. Remember that.
0: Talk station with the King of New York, Curtis Lewa, seventy seven WABC.
1: Yeah, this is more of Ken Speed on telephone, talent coordinated. The moment he hears Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre, he gets all excited. He asks me, "Oh, does this mean Eminem, Slim Shady, is ready to get up on the stage?" No, 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 no. Not for this coming Super Bowl. No, it's going to be Rihanna. We'll talk about that later on. From Barbados, Rihanna. Will ASAP Rocky be with her up on that stage? Guy got busted for pulling out a gun in L.A. Man and shooting at his homies. Uh huh. Oh, well, that's par for the course. That's par for the course. But this is the team music. There's more and more people who are saying, Curtis, you got to revive, you got to resurrect, you got to bring back your We Be Thugging update. There's so much crime. It's like we could do like four hours just to the crime report in New York City. It's off the hook, it's everywhere. There's more crime now than there was, believe it or not, during the eight years of comrade Bill de Blasio, the part time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. I never thought that would happen. And I ran against this guy, but it's true. Look at the rolling analytics. I direct all of you to the war on women that is taking place in the streets, in the subways, and in the parks of New York City, and in the foyers, the apartment buildings, the public housing projects, and the tenements. There's no other way of describing it an all-out war on women in the streets by enemies of society who feel that there's no consequences for attacking a woman. Exclusive to the Curtis Sliwa show, I want you to go to Facebook at Curtis Sliwa. Facebook at Curtis Sliwa. Or go to Twitter at Curtis Sliwa. Twitter at Curtis Sliwa and you will see video of an enemy of society, a true monster, at the Howard Beach State... can't even. Howard Beach. My cell phone is blowing up. Curtis, Curtis got to bring the guardian angels. Did you see what just happened at the A-train station in Howard Beach? All brand new, reconstructed because it is the link for some of the touristas who decide to fly into JFK, the old Idlewilds. They take the bus over to the A-Train in Howard Beach. State-of-the-art. It's really a nice, nice station. And all of a sudden, you see this monster chasing a guy first out of the station. He escapes. But then he traps a woman right where the token booth is, and he puts his red sneakers on her face, her neck, her body, and he's pounding her. A guy comes through the turnstiles, and he's spooked. And he runs right back where he came from. And that stopped the attack momentarily. You watch this at Facebook, at Curtis Lewa, or Twitter at Curtis Lewa. And you will say, what the hell is going on? Total war on women. Rape is up. Sexual assault is up. And these guys who want to prove to women that they are not uh, suffering from projectile uh, dysfunction... ...are just attacking women at will, and there are no consequences. Now, this guy's easy to spot. He's got two of these glow-in-the-dark, sort of orange-red sneakers. He must have hit this woman a good 22 times, pounded her unmercifully. No cops, all on video, right, because each station supposedly has cameras to work. It's like 472 stations in the system, the MTA money-taking agency system... Apparently, this camera did work, and thankfully, an MTA employee was so put off by this, he decided, yep, to get it to yours truly, Curtis Lee, and I'm blowing it up. I'm blowing it up. And all day, the phone blowing up. Curtis, I know I tried to kill you 20 years ago, but hey, let bygones be bygones. You know, we're not going to stay here anymore. We're moving to Florida. We're moving to Florida. I say, what do you want from me? You tried to kill me 20 years ago, right? Well, you think you could bring the guardian angels in? Yeah. I'd have to have guardian angels in every neighborhood, on every street. It's everywhere. Bay Ridge never had these problems before. Diker Heights never had these problems. I have guardian angels there now. Now. Those of you listening in old Howard Beach, new Howard Beach, and the place that most people don't know, Hamilton Beach, which is on the other side of the station, they're all Irish all the time. Italians need not apply. It's in reverse. I'll tell you that story at some point. I am going to address this for my Aunt Mary, who lived there for years, and my Uncle Steve and my cousin Butchie and my cousin Jeannie, and yes, for Joey G, the cheats from Howard Beach, who is my uh, cousin by marriage. Gonna do it for them. Not for the rest of you, Cobbones, right? Why don't you tell your Gotti friends, right? Your Gambino friends, hey, uh, wanna patrol the subway uh, station over here? It is, is way so way vicious. Like old, I mean, I've seen it all, ladies and gentlemen. I've never really seen anything like this. Have they caught this guy? No, and they probably won't. They probably won't. It reminds me, did you see recently Broadway, Bill Lee, Barclays Center, 6 o'clock at night. The platform was packed. I feel like I'm Diogenes, except I'm not looking for an honest man. I'm looking for a man to step in and protect the women, the elderly, the infirm, and the children. What the hell happened to your coolions, your huevos out there? Have they become cocktail onions? This woman is being viciously attacked at Barclays Center the other night. Six o'clock. Slashed in the face multiple times. Then a guy gets up, coolly and calmly walks up the steps. And what do you think the guys were doing? Filming it, you know, on their iPhone, their smartphone. He goes up into the lobby area, the connection to the Long Island Railroad, and he knocks out another woman, knocks her out. And walks out of the station onto Atlantic Avenue and 4th Avenue like he got it. How come there are no police at Barclays Center? I mean, there should have been MTA police for the Long Island Railroad. there. Should have been NYPD. Nothing. There are no police. It's all BS. They're not there. I rarely, if ever, see them. I rarely, if ever, see them. Again, this is a crime like so many crimes affecting New York City. It's like we're fear city. I feel like it's a Kurt Russell movie, Escape from New York. And I do understand people in Bay Ridge, people in Diker Heights, they're putting the for sale signs up. They've had it. They've never had crime like this before. And I'm sure it's happening in New Howard Beach, Old Howard Beach, and the beach that nobody knows, Hamilton Beach, and Broadway Billy, that is not a blender. That is a, a neighborhood, and they want to keep it that way, their neighborhood. he uh, You got houses that are right over Jamaica Bay on those uh, stilts. I don't know, on a hot summer's day, you know, with the smell. Uh, but ain't nobody going over to Hamilton Beach, I can assure you that. Italians need not apply. Stay over there at Howard Beach, the Irish will tell you. And then to add insult to injury, which makes me say, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, you've abandoned the city. You, you, you went to Puerto Rico. You're going into DR tomorrow. You say you're there to help. What, what, what can you do? You can't do anything for this city. You're impotent. It's been 10 months, nine months. You haven't done a damn thing. That's all I get. People complaining. Oh. He promised he was going to do this. Well, guess what? He's had it. I guarantee you this is going to be the first of many trips out of the city because he's got no plan, especially to deal with all these illegals flooding in. So, again, I asked the question, if this new storm that will turn into a hurricane that by Monday night will hit Cuba hard and then gain more, more strength and hit the mainland of Florida... The latest Wednesday, Governor DeSantis has already declared a state of emergency. There are a lot of New Yorkers who live down there, especially Boca Raton, the sixth borough. Will Eric Adams offer to go down there and help DeSantis? Of course not. He wouldn't even go down to the border in Texas at the invitation of Governor Abbott to see for himself the invasion taking place. Now, luckily, I've been down to the border many, many times through the 80s and the 90s. But he's never been there. He has no idea, and he's not even willing to go and check it out. How the hell are you going to help Puerto Ricans underwater in Puerto Rico, Dominicans underwater in the DR, when you can't even help us here in New York City? Speaking of the DR, which uh, Eric Adams will be in tomorrow, I know one of the people who will not be visiting with him is Jose Alba. You remember the name Jose Alba. Worked in that bodega, right? Uh... The Blue Moon Bodega, right there, sort of where Harlem meets Washington Heights. And you remember what happened? Woman came in with her child, took too many groceries. Her SNAP card had already been depleted. And Jose Alba, who had already owned the bodega himself, knew the business sideways, every which way. Said, "Lady, it's not registering. I I can't let you take any of the products." So in a huff and a puff, she tried to take uh, potato chips for her. A young uh, daughter. And he grabbed the potato chips, and I said, he can't have anything. I'm going to get my boyfriend. Remember, I'm going to get my boy toy. I'm going to get my uncle. Who knows what she said. And this time, hey, the threat turned out to be real. Remember, the guy came back, menaced Jose Alba behind the counter. That's a rule I always had as night manager of Mickey D's up there in East Fordham and Webster when it was far worse than it is now. You cross that counter, you are a dead man walking. Every crew member that I hired knew that you weren't there to flip burgers, make fries, and stir up strawberry shakes. There were a series of weapons that we had secured right near the fryer, right over the grill area itself where you had the warmers. And then somebody came over that counter. We hit you 50 times before you knew what day it was. And then I personally would drag you in the back in the freezer and lock you in the freezer. Until the police officers took their sweet time back then, from either the five two on Mashula Parkway or the four six on Ryer Avenue, to come and pick you up. And oh, sometimes the guys say they, they had those the the, the the little freezies on their nose, <laughs> and I'd kick them one right in the back of the head and tell them, "Don't you ever go over the counter. That's the DMZ. You don't do that. Then you might as well give the keys to the thugs and thugettes. It's over." Wawa's, Frankfurt, right? Oh, Frankfurt, Philadelphia, right? The city of independence. Wasn't that where Joe Biden recently was outside of Independence Hall and declared war on Republicans who are allied with Donald Trump, who are MAGA Republicans, right? He didn't go to Frankfurt. You know what happened just a few hours ago? Guardian Angels and Philly told me a huge, a huge mob of locusts went into that Wawa's. I love Wawa's. Jersey, Pennsylvania, much better than Seven Eleven, much better than those ever other pretenders. why was the best? And they went through there and they tore it up in Frankfurt. And then they were outside fighting one another for two hours. Philly police, no shows. Krasner, the DA, hey, even if they got arrested, he would turn them loose. And the mayor in Philly, Kenny, is deciding. Should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? And by the way, the lieutenant governor, Fetterman, who's running against Dr. Oz, he would probably uh, present them with awards. The sons and daughters of anarchy. You know, like the the bikers. Give them awards. Oh, you did a great job. But you left a few items behind. You should have tore it all up. War on Wawa's. Live at 11. Got to check it out if you happen to be in southern Jersey or in eastern Pennsylvania. You will see an all-out invasion of that Wawa in Frankfurt, in which they tore up the store, but they didn't have enough. They went outside and they battled one another over their loot. Fighting for two hours. I mean, shooting at one another, fighting, stabbing. No cops. That's like in Northeast Philly, man. That's only like 10 minutes from Center City, right? Boy, that city is a hot mess. Well, let me get back to Jose Alba. So as you know, Jose Alba was sitting up, laying up in uh, Rikers Island because Alvin Bragg, who only gives slack to criminals, decided, you fight back, I incarcerate. He was in there with a 250000 bail hanging over his head five days on the rock And if public opinion had not been swaying at that point, he would have rotted in there. So finally he was released. And you know what he decided to do, Broadway, Bill Lee and uh, Ken with your muscle between both ears? He said, I can't walk the streets of Harlem. I can't walk the streets of Washington Heights or Inwood. This is my hood. Because there are people who want to hurt me. They want to kill me. They want to get in my family. You see, Alvin Bragg, the DA's office, they have uh, detectives who could have been protecting him 24-7. Bragg could have done that. He chose not to. And you know what Jose Alba did? He picked up and he went back to Santiago in the DR. Now, what you don't know is that the guy who owns it is a Qataran immigrant. That's right, from Qatar. That's where we have our huge Air Force Base. But it also is the place where the Taliban are accepted. Boy, is that an oxymoron there. Qatar houses our biggest Air Force base in the Middle East, Persian Gulf. But it's also the house where the Taliban can go on a regular basis in and out of Afghanistan. I'm still trying to figure out how crazy that is. But in this case, the owner and operator is doing a 12-hour shift at the same same bodega that Jose Alba had to take that knife and... K- and kill the boy toy of that woman who ended up stabbing him over and over as she tried to extricate him. And while he was doing the 12-hour shift, a guy named Ariel Hernandez came in. And Ariel Hernandez was going up and down the aisles, and he was grabbing items. And then he grabbed two Monster Energy drinks, and he left. And so the owner figured, hey... It's the Price of doing business now in retail. You know, they come in and they vacuum out. Everything It's no beef. So the guy comes back five minutes later, Ariel Hernandez, and he starts screaming at the owner. He goes, hey, you got a problem with me? And then all of a sudden he says, I want money. And by the way, give me some Black and Miles. Now, you know what Black and Miles are, uh, Ken? You probably don't. You know what Dutch masters are, right, Phillies? You like to roll your blunts with that. But the homies, the hardcore homies, they like the Black and Miles, man. It's like, uh, what could I equate it to that you might understand it as still not as you are? Sort of like, um, hmm, like cigarillos, right? You know, like tipperillos except cigars. I, it's easy for you to understand that. Okay. Go into a watch and ask for that in New Jersey, right? It's going to be kind of tough. That's, that's real hardcore hood. So the owner says, I've had it. And they go outside, and they're fighting, and the owner slams them to the ground. He formerly uh, was a wrestler for the cor- Tartaria national team. Finally, the cops come. They take him away. This enemy of society, Ariel Hernandez. And you know what Alvin Bragg, the uh, DA, who loves to turn those criminals loose, did? Turned them loose on his own recognizance. You know he's coming back for the owner. He's coming back for the owner. So it doesn't matter. You would think the cops would go out of their way, would be orders from headquarters. You make sure there's no other problems at that bodega. No other problems at the Blue Moon Bodega. So now, Jose Albert, Albert, the owner, is now threatened by the hoodlums in the area. The police are doing nothing because there's nobody at City Hall. Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, is off helping people in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. How about helping Dominicans here? So you know what happened on Friday, Uh, Broadway Bill Lee? Ambulance chasers are now suing the Qatarian owner for the death of that enemy of society, that cretin with chromosome damage Said Jose Alba did us a favor and cut his jugular as he bled out on the floor. They're suing him for every nickel, diamond penny he has. Want to bet he goes back to Qatar? Anybody told you that story, huh? Of course not. See, they chase headlines. When Jose Albo was on page one, they all talked about it like they knew the neighborhood, like they'd been to the blue moon. Everybody did press conferences there. Candidates did press conferences. Everybody was there. The mayor was there. Lee Zeldin was there. Uh, Fernando Mateo was there. They were all there. Where are they now? This guy from Qatar, the owner, he's going to leave. I guarantee you. So who wins in this battle? The enemies of society win. Because Jose Alba has to leave to the DR. The owner-operator of the Blue Moon, Bodega, will probably go back to Qatar. He'll probably say, I can't deal with this. I walk outside and these guys are eye fornicating me, mad dogging me, slitting their throats saying, Ain't no cops here. You ain't got it like that. And they're going to try to kill him. I'm telling you, they're going to try to kill this guy. And they'll claim, Oh, he was a terrorist. You know, we thought he was a terrorist. That's why we slit his throat and let him bleed out there. That's Darwinian. That's the code of the streets. These politicians, I don't care if they're Republicans and Democrats, they don't know that. They've never been in the hood. Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, 22 years as a cop. I know many of you say, well, he was a police officer. Yeah, a house mouse. He never left the precinct. He has no street cred. Now, you may not like me as a broadcaster, ladies and gentlemen. I may not be the funniest. I may not be able to entertain you the longest, but nobody can challenge my street cred. Nobody. You're hearing it first from Curtis with just like you saw if you went to Facebook at Curtis Liewa or Twitter at Curtis Liewa, this enemy of society, this black guy. Beat the living daylights out of a female in a manner. I can't even equate it with anything else I've ever seen of guys beating up women. Probably left her for dead. At the brand-new station, yes, in Howard Beach, Queens, which is the transit point for people going to and from JFK. They take the A-train. Mistake. I would always advise tourists, don't do that. But it's cheap. They take the A-train, and then they take the bus, the shuttle bus, to any one of the terminals at the old Idlewild, a.k.a. JFK, which at times is like a third-world airport. How the hell are you going to encourage people to come to the city? And while all this is going on, where's Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan? Hey, yeah. Puerto Rico, DR. Hey, where's the police commissioner? Sewell. You know, just last week she said, I'm not moving to New York City. You can't make me move to New York City. I said, it's right here in the cold. It's six months. If you live outside the city or the police commission, you got to come into the city. I don't have to do Jack Diddley Squam. And you know she's out of there. She'll turn in her retirement papers in October. She'll resign on January 1st. She's gone. She's already missing in action. I know some of you oh well, She gives good speeches. Well, what the hell? We could get a Toastmaster to give a good speech. We need a freaking police commissioner who's going to lead the cops in the war against the criminals, going to say in each and every precinct in the city, I got your back. Eric Adams hasn't said that. See, well, MIA hasn't said that. So if they're not going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, we got to do it. And you guys in Howard Beach, you talk so much bull about what macho, maniacal guys you are. Don't walk down this street or I'm going to give you a bullet in your head. You can't even protect the train station that's in downtown Howard Beach. They call it a little downtown Howard Beach. You used to have the movie theater there. I used to go there. You used to have good movies. You can't even protect the women folk who are coming in and out of that station at Howard Beach. So don't give me this. I'm a man's man. I'm a macho man. I'm an Italian stallion. We got to do it because the city ain't going to do it. And it's getting worse and worse and worse.
2: WABC. Check
0: this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On seventy-seven WABC.
1: music, which means Oktoberfest. You know, uh, we had the Steuben uh, Day Parade up Fifth Avenue in honor of, I believe it was close to 38 million uh, Germans who came to America. There's a beautiful statue downtown Cleveland right near Lake Erie in tribute to all their contributions here in America, and they've made many. I don't believe we have anything here in New York. You know, you say you're German, you're like persona non grata. I understand, but enough is enough, right? All the German immigrants who helped build America, who are in the forefront of expanding, especially into the Midwest, and then up into uh, Minnesota, into uh, Wisconsin, into South Dakota, North Dakota, places I've run across them. Back it was at the time of the Republican National Convention that I saw that monument with the Cleveland Guardian Angels as we were patrolling. That is the convention that nominated uh, citizen Donald Trump as the presidential nominee in 2016. Beautiful monument. I don't know of anything like it here. We have the Stuben Day Parade, poorly attended. You know, a lot of people, they don't like the Germans for a variety of reasons. But um, It's wrong. Because let me tell you something, if you know your history, I already went through it when I was at the um, Pulaski Day dinner on Saturday night, last Saturday night, and they gave a rousing speech about the contributions of General Pulaski and General Kozciuszko. Pulaski, they've actually exhumed his body from under the monument in Savannah, Georgia, beautiful monument to him. He is the father of the American Cavalry. When you travel through the South as I have, I'm amazed. Tennessee, Arkansas, Georgia, there are whole counties named after Pulaski. And the kids down there have no idea why, because they don't teach them in school. So they exhumed the body. You'll like this, Broadway Bill Lee. You know why they exhumed the body? They wanted to see anatomically... If he was a man, if he was a woman, or if he had body parts of both anatomically. Now, is that sick or what? So I went through that last weekend uh, to explain to you, but General Steuben, who came from Germany, went to Valley Forge, where the troops were a ragtag group. They were ready to mutiny, walk away. George Washington needed the help, or we would not have had a revolutionary army. They were dying by the dozens. Like in most wars, most of the men who die, they don't perish on the battlefield from being shot or from aerial bombardments. No, they die from disease, all kinds of diseases. And the men just... They were undisciplined. They were rowdy. They were more like pirates than an organized army. So General Steuben comes from Germany. And let me tell you something General Steuben, definitely gay. You knew that right away. He had four lieutenants from Germany with him, his boy toys. Now, the American Revolutionary Army guys looked at him and said, What the hell is he going to do for us? He took no, no return fire from them. And he turned them in to a crackerjack military. So they were able to join General Washington, cross the Delaware, and then take the battle to the Redcoats in New Jersey. Because of General Steuben and the contribution that the Germans made to our war effort against the Brits. Never taught in school. Never. Although the fact that he was openly gay, I think there are some who say, Hey, yeah, he was gay. We, we could talk about him. It's like if you're an illegal alien and you're from Venezuela now and eventually six, seven years now, you have an asylum hearing in New York or Boston or San Antonio or Los Angeles. The quickest way to get in is to say the government did not oppress me because of my political ideology. I was not threatened by MS-13 or any gang. No, no, it's because I'm gay. That I was the victim of homophobia. Stamp! That's it. You're in. I I would tell them. I I would say, hey, you want to stay here? (laughs) That's okay. You just say you're gay. And that you were oppressive regimes were trying to put you in the gulag and torture you because you were either gay or lesbian. Man, those judges, they will say, we don't even want to know about it. That's your private business. Welcome to America. You're now entitled to get a green card. That would work, Broadway Billy. I've been in enough of those immigration courts to know what works, what flies, what sails the boat, and what doesn't. Anyway, the point of the matter here is it's Oktoberfest. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what is going to happen in Oktoberfest in Bavaria. That's where the Catholics in Germany are, you know, with the lute and the the feathers out of their dumb-looking hats. You know, I got a dumb-looking beret, but they got dumb-looking Bavarian hats. Oh, my God, the women have turned on them. If the men are seen eating Wiener schnitzel or schnitzel or any meat products, no sex for them. Can you imagine all during Oktoberfest? They have all the steins with the beer. But if they're seen eating meat, no sex for them. And by the way... They don't have enough beer. You know why? They need carbon dioxide to make the beer. I never knew that. And my relative from Howard Beach, Uncle Steve, was a brewmaster at Rheingold in Bushwick and Chafer down in uh, Williamsburg on Lee Avenue. He tasted the brew a little too much. He was always half in the bag. He reeked of beer. But apparently he was a good brewmaster. He was Polish. They're known to be very good at testing the product. (laughs) You don't want to go anywhere, right? And then the Animal Welfare Hour. Many of you uh, heard me earlier today. Uh, Nancy is a miracle worker. She revived Tuna, our oldest cat, our cat who's AARP. Tuna was pretty much dead. was not moving. When she and I went to work four hours, we did triage. And I'm happy to say that Tuna one of the 18 rescue cats that we have in our home to save them from being executed, destroyed, euthanized at the city shelter. They're only given 72 hours to live. It's probably uh, the greatest rescue that we've ever made because they looked at Nancy when she rescued Tuna and say, "Go ahead, knock yourself out. Tuna will be dead in 2 days." It's been 2 years. Oh, we got a lot to discuss right here on WABC.
0: He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77, WABC.
1: How many of the hipsters and millennials, Generation XC and Y, look forward to Oktoberfest just so that they can get uh, piss drunk, right? Well, I can. You like that, October. You try to go as many as possible. Fraternities, sororities, they have their Oktoberfest. They don't have a drop of German blood in them, but all of a sudden, hey, they're Germans. As long as they get to drink as much beer as possible. Well, if you go to the heartland in Germany, and I've traveled extensively there, especially Berlin where I have Guardian Angels and in Hamburg. Oh, yeah, Hamburg, what a red-light district they have, right? Forget Amsterdam, Hamburg. Oh, my God, what they do in the windows. But uh, I digress. Let's get back on track in Bavaria. See, you got the Lutherans, and they're not really big into drinking as much as Catholics. Catholics, they love to drink. You go to New Orleans, it's a Catholic city. The booze flows twenty-four-seven. You go uh, further up. Into Louisiana, you have the Holy Rollers, the uh, Pentecostals, dry counties, dry, no alcohol. New Orleans, alcohol twenty four seven three six five. It's like that in Baltimore, a Catholic city. Any Catholic cities, I mean, they just bend their old elbows back and forth. So in Bavaria, the women have said, "That's it. We are banning sex." ...or reproduction of any type unless the meat-eating men decide to put aside this uh, carnivorous barbarian habit of grilling. Apparently men, men who in Bavaria are considered macho maniacal or the grill masters. You know, they put the Wiener schnitzel on the grill there, the, uh, the sausages, the German sausages. More pork sausages, mom! And women have gotten together and they are saying this is a symptom of toxic masculinity and it's killing the planet. So they're urging women to go on a sex strike all of October during Oktoberfest to save the world.
2: I pray you never get another restless night's sleep in your life thinking about what you did to women.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that TikTok woman again. <laughs> She's over in Germany. <laughs> they said, what do we care about the planet and animals? But to those men who are so crude that they want their burgers and they want their sausages, no sex for you.
2: You care more about your damn gun than you do a woman's life.
1: <laughs> And then they point to the analytics. They say that vegan men get more matches on dating apps because compassion is attractive to German women.
2: Women who have to make a horrifying decision of their life versus the fetus. Most of the time it's a clump of cells. Cells! So women get to relive their sexual assault for life or are tied to their assailants.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen this TikTok woman. She goes nuts. Uh, she actually was wearing lederhosen the other day when she was screaming this in English up in Bavaria, and she had the rapt attention of some of the German women.
2: Rolling back the clock on women's rights and bodily autonomy is pathetic. You conservative love fetuses. You love fetuses. You are pro-barts. You are pro-amniotic sex because fetuses can't talk and they can't vote against you. But they make a good narrative for your election campaign. Pathetic!
1: I don't know if I could even drink a beer after that. Wow. Give me a glass of milk, please. Anyway, their analytics indicate these women who are withholding sex with their menfolk for all of Oktoberfest, they claim that men cause 41% more greenhouse gas emissions than women, largely because they consume more meat.
2: How do I have less rights than my mother? Not everybody believes in your sky daddy. Not everybody believes in your cloud papa. The
1: fact that you tied religion to your decision is pathetic! Our number is 1 800 848 Boy, that just took the air out of Oktoberfest. 1 800 That's 1 800 848 WABC. Little music, mind show. I need that. Umpafa music, the German music. I heard that in Hamburg a lot. Oh boy, the oompa-pa music. But they were really there trying to say, hey, do you like women? Take a look. I said, what the hell are they doing in that window? I didn't know that people were that ambidextrous. They love Americans over there. Anyway, they claim that the ultimate macho maniacal thing. The ultimate in masculinity in Germany is to be anointed a grill master because the peers, by consuming the meat that comes off the grill, are basically proving that they are macho maniacal themselves.
2: Not everybody believes in your sky daddy. Not everybody believes in your cloud papa. The fact that you tied religion to your decision
1: Well, there may not be Oktoberfest, I hate to bust your bubble, Ken, here in America, throughout the world, wherever they celebrate Oktoberfest, and in the land of Oktoberfest, Germany itself. Beer brewers say that a shortage of carbon dioxide that puts the suds in your beer could force ending of production before Oktoberfest and cause a tremendous price hike. I never knew that they used carbon dioxide to make beer. I remember talking with my Uncle Steve. He was half in the bag all the time because he was the brewmaster. He would taste the product at the Rheingold Brewery. We used to go there for Christmas. They had, boy, great Christmas parties. They gave great gifts to the kids in Bushwick. Not so good at the Schaefer plant on Lee Avenue in Williamsburg. But he explained to me, because he had been a brewmaster at Stroh's in Detroit where he grew up. He grew up in an orphanage, and he explained the science to me. But he never explained to me that in order to put the suds in your beer, they got to pump carbon dioxide into it, which has no taste, no odor, no color. But it's a vital ingredient in the beer business, from putting the frothy bubbles in brews to blocking oxidation that makes beer taste stale. Now, I know you like a taste of beer from time to time. I saw you at at, uh, WCBS-FM Broadway, Bill Lee, when you used to drink that six-pack of Rheingold. You were a Rheingold guy, right? What was it, Chafer or Schlitz? I don't know, one of those brews. Bohack beer, boy, that was the cheapest beer I ever drank. Bohack beer, oh, my God. And then, of course, it was Carly Black Label. My God, that would eat out your stomach lining. But all for Oktoberfest. Carbon dioxide. Well, isn't that what causes global warming and climate change? Too much carbon dioxide, right? It eats away at the ozone layer. Maybe we can send big Zeppelins and dirgibles. Well, I don't want to start with the image of the Zeppelins, you know, goes back to Adolf Hitler and Nazis. And by the way, where did the Zeppelin crash in New Jersey for a Curtis Sleeva booby prize before World War Two? It was considered a what, the eighth miracle of the world, ninth miracle, the Zeppelin, with the big Nazi swastika on it, and it tried to land in what area of New Jersey and then poof exploded. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 Was it an act of sabotage or was it an act that lightning hit it or was it just a malfunction in what was considered Adolf Hitler's air machines. one 800 848 That's 1-800-848-WABC. I see Bill Lee, like I said, Oktoberfest. Hey, guy, put that Ringo down. You're not permitted to drink beer here in the studios at WABC. We'll continue. Oh, my God. Ha! Ha! Let's go to Steve in Long Island. My God, I never saw a guy chug two Ringos at the same time. But go
3: ahead, Steve. Hey, Curtis, you're the real deal, man. I tell you, man, you said a mouthful within the last hour. And my hat's off to you, your crew, Broadway Bill Lee. Ken and Avery, I wanted to talk briefly about that uh, March 1st decision by the uh, city council. I mean, this is really getting out of control. You know, I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, this is a public safety and fair rights issue. We have to start voting these people out of office. We should all be outraged at what's going on with the city council, the governor, and the mayor. The mayor's MIA as usual. And, you know, We're going to have to do a call to action. I realize people can't protest, but we should be out protesting in mass, but we have to do a call of action. We can make phone calls to City Hall, and they will take a complaint against the mayor, and you can also get in touch with members of the City Council. I called Gail Brewer's office last week, and believe it or not, she returned my call to voice my displeasure with her wanting to put these illegals that just got off the boat to work right away above us born and bred Americans. I mean, the, the crime is out of control. That guy, Justin Washington, I think he sexually molested a 14-year-old. They let him out early. And then within a the week, he rapes five other people. We got to make calls at Bragg's office, the governor's office. Uh, uh, cousins, well, I'll and tell you was, this,
1: uh, just to uh, explain it further, Steve, On March 1st, legislation will be uh, initiated into the city council banning the hiring of any further white Irish men into the ranks of the FDNY because they want diversity and they want integration. D&I, they call it. Now, I've been to a lot of festivals and a lot of fairs, and I see the FDNY recruiting for that purpose, trying to get more women involved, trying to get more minorities. There are more now, but still. It's predominantly white males. When the Qadarshi kid went into that burning building, uh, I think it was Avenue D, Uh, he was from the Rockaways, uh, and he perished. Uh, He uh, risked his life for people in that that building like firefighters always do. He happened to be white. He happened to be Irish. He happened to be from the Rockaways. When we went to uh, pay respects at the Wake, most of the men there from the FDNY happened to be white, Probably Irish, although I, I didn't have a conversation with each and every one of them. But that's just the way the makeup of the department is. It's civil service. People can get involved. The test that seems to prevent a lot of folks from getting involved is the physical test, which is the most intensive of any of the uniform services in the city of New York. They've just weakened the physical test to become a member of the NYPD because they're not getting enough recruits. I mean, we're losing police officers because of retirements, early retirements, and because police departments are recruiting them right outside their precincts. The most aggressive being Norfolk, Virginia. They start you off at fifty-seven-five. They give you a $17,000 bonus. They'll pay for your housing for the first six months in Norfolk. And they'll give you a better pension than you get here in New York City. So I saw a lot of guys, I mean, staring at those... Uh, Those posters that are in the subway system. The MTA likes taking Norfolk's money, but it's going to ultimately turn out that cops who are in the subway are going to see that, and they're going to want to find out. And by the way, they'll show up outside of a precinct, and they'll recruit the rank and file, and then the white shirts will come out, you know, like they want to chase them away, and they go, you're hiring supervisors. What's the pay grade for lieutenants, captains? Ooh interesting my wife and i were thinking of moving down there anyway it's happening every day every day let's go to uh dave who's calling from pennsylvania your turn to be heard here at wabc dave
0: hi kirk great to talk to you i'm calling about that uh zeppelin that exploded in jersey yes that was in lakehurst
1: that is correct uh that- now, what do you think caused the explosion as it hooked up to the tower and then all of a sudden, boom, it just went up in flames?
0: Uh, some kind of electricity, static.
1: Well, you know, uh, really, Frank Murano on the other side of midnight should do a deep, thorough investigation because there are some who believe it was an act of sabotage. Those that hated the fact that the Zeppelin went around the world as an advertisement for Nazism and for Adolf Hitler. That was his air machine. Others said something that went wrong inside of the vehicle, and others who felt that when it touched that tower, a spark was emitted, and that's what caused the hydrogen to explode because it wasn't helium at the time.
7: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But anyway, stay on the line, Dave. He has gotten a Curtis Lewis booby prize, don't ask, don't tell. Lucky that we're owned and operated by John and Margot Katsimatidis, uh, our parent company, Red Apple Media, because they flipped the money for a beautiful WABC baseball cap, and then you get a patch on it that says the best Other Side of Midnight, featuring yours truly, Curtis Lewis. Because you don't want to be with the JV, Frank Marano, Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5. No, 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 no. You want to be with the best other side of midnight. Yours truly, Curtis Lee. Let's go to Nick, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Nick.
4: Hey, Curtis, how you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm not interested in any or booby prizes. I wanted to know what happened if you forgot about me. On July 30th, you said you're going to send somebody over here with a piano wire to hang me uh, after I made a comment about the monkey mayor. You know, where, hey, I'm still here. You know, what happened to the guy that's supposed to hang me with the piano wire?
1: Nick, Nick, you just don't understand theater of the mind. What a on. He fails to mention he made certain homophobic remarks. You remember that Broadway, Bill Lee, right, Nick, there in New Jersey, and we didn't tolerate that. We suggested that he hang himself with piano wire, which is a pretty good trick, you know. I don't know if anybody's tried it out there. It's not that easy to do. Now, by the way, we can sneak in a quick uh, booby prize in The Godfather, who tried to garret Pranky Five Fingers with piano wire when he was uh, at the bar. Our number is 1 800 848 9222. Which actor? That's 1 800 848 WABC.
2: WABC.
0: Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lee And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. On- you good with them soft lips. Yeah, you know word of mouth.
1: I don't want to hear this degenerate rapper. I want to hear Rihanna from Barbados. She's Barbadian, and she has been chosen to uh, perform for the halftime of the Super Bowl in February this year. And I guarantee you it'll be much better than when J-Lo got all into a hissy fit that she had to share the stage with Shakira. Who's better well known in the Spanish speaking world, I might add, than J Lo. And then, of course, last year, Snoop Dogg and that drug-induced psychosis with that purple haze hanging over his head from smoking blunts and Dr. Dre, and then they invited up who on the stage? Uh, Eminem, aka Slim Shady, too old school. But I have a I have a feeling that Rihanna's gonna bust it out. Now, hopefully she doesn't show up in her S M garb. With the whip and the chains. I know a lot of guys, uh, they get off on that, but uh, she's a great, great performer. She doesn't have to go that route. You know, like, remember J-Lo was on the pole at the Super Bowl? That one. I'm hoping. Now, you see, the guy who calls the shots is that degenerate Jay-Z, that monster from the Marcy Avenue Projects who's now a billionaire. He... Is in partnership with the NFL. He chooses the halftime show. She used to be a uh, what can we call he mentored her initially in her career. Obviously, she's done extraordinarily well. Unfortunately, she's with that ASAP Rocky that is getting busted for shooting at some guy in the streets of LA, you know, to get his street cred as a rapper. But ASAP Rocky was never a hardcore rapper. You know, he was like a fashionista. You know, he was showing you all his bling-bling, his clothes. Almost a little bit like a Will Smith. So I think he felt that in order to be treated uh, like a normal rapper, you got to prove you're down by law. You know, you're keeping it real. So he pulls out a gun, and he blasts at this guy. He, he, he didn't come anywhere near him. But now he got arrested, and he's hanging out with Rihanna. And, you know, it's like now all of a sudden, yeah, you want one of us. You're down by law. I have a feeling that she'll do an extraordinarily good job at entertaining. I just hope that Jay, Jay-Z doesn't try to exploit this like he's done ever since he had that partnership with the NFL and make it more about her showing a leg than performing because we know she's a good performer. But I guarantee you, Jay-Z will say, you go out there in that S&M garden, you go out there with the ball gag, the whip, the chain, You do all that craziness, and that's what they'll remember from the Super Bowl. But up next, wow, it was a difficult day. As you uh, you know, I do the other side of midnight, the better side of midnight. Uh, Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6, and then Sunday mornings 12 midnight to 6. So nice, the suits let me do it twice. And I was prepared to go to the Tunnel to Tower walk and run. I was at the first one, and only like 2,000 people showed up. But something happened that stopped me and my wife Nancy and my oldest son, Anthony Chester Slewa, who's an intern here at WABC, right in our tracks, and it all has to do with animal welfare which is up next, the most listened to, most requested, most participated of all the hours that I do here at WABC.
0: Over the course of human history, there's been Noah's Ark, Savior of Mankind. St. Francis of Assisi, foregoing his wealth to be savior of all animals. And Curtis Sliwa, guardian angel and savior of New York City, protecting both man and beast. The Curtis Sliwa Show presents... Curtis's Ark with Nancy Sliwa, from bipeds to quadrupeds and everything in between. Now with Nancy Sliwa. Here's Curtis Sliwa.
1: Well, well, what a rough day it was earlier on Sunday. I had just finished the other side of midnight, from twelve to six. Had everybody up to the break of dawn. Nancy arrived, ready to go to the Tunnel to Tower Walk and Run for the Stephen Siller Foundation that WABC is involved with, uh, many of our hosts and hostesses and our listeners. And then uh, my older son, Anthony Chester, an intern here at WABC, arrived, and he was ready to go with the American flag, the Ukrainian flag. And then I saw that uh, my wife was, like, crying. She really, really hurt. And I said, what's wrong? I thought maybe she had a problem getting her contacts in because sometimes she wears glasses, sometimes she wears contacts, and when you have that, you, you start to cry. And she told me that, that our oldest rescue cat, Tuna, a cat that was used in my first political ad in running for mayor that actually stole the show, people were more interested in Tuna than me, was not moving, was breathing but wasn't moving. And upon hearing that, I said, no, no, we, we've got to bail out. we got to get back to uh, the lair. we got to take care of Tuna by all means necessary. And you should have seen my uh, wife was like Florence Nightingale. Uh, she uh, wrapped up Tuna. She resuscitated her. She revived her. And if you want to follow it on the social networking, go to... Uh, Curtis at, excuse me, Facebook at Curtis slewa That's Facebook at Curtis Slewa or uh, Twitter at Curtis slewa Twitter at Curtis slewa And you can see from what looked like a cat that was on the verge of dying, you did a wonderful job resuscitating and resurrecting our oldest rescue cat, Tuna. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy.
7: No, I mean, if that's that's what we're here for, just to make sure that they're okay. And, yeah, I mean, she's... You know she's kind of I I think it's going to take her just a little bit to come around Um, but you know she's doing pretty much the essential things Uh, you know she doesn't she doesn't move that much just given her condition just in general um, the issues that she has you know she tends to to sleep in these certain sort of areas and what was happening was I noticed then uh, yesterday she you know she hadn't eaten any food which again, it's it's not, um, you know, she doesn't eat a lot, but, and maybe, you know, I didn't catch that she ate something, but, you know, she was just staying in this like one spot, not her usual spot, and she seemed really lethargic. So this morning, um, you know, when I when I came to the WBC, uh, that's like what I was letting you know, I mean, that the same spot that she normally wouldn't stay in, she's, she wasn't, she wasn't moving from that spot, so she was basically stationary in this one spot, and yeah, just I mean, really, just not doing too well. So,
1: yeah, well, um, I made uh, I made the decision. That's it. Uh, we would have to miss the great event. I'm sure Dominic, coming up, is going to speak about his role and the many listeners at WABC who joined his team, and likewise Frank Marano, who follows the other side of midnight. He had quite a group of WABC. BC listeners who were accompanying him, but I, I just couldn't focus on that 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 march that walk. So uh, could you first explain a little bit about the specialness of Tuna, the rescue cat, because she is so unique in
7: so many ways? Yeah. So she uh, let's see. So uh, she was adopted uh, from the kill list at the shelter, uh, which means she wasn't on like a public adoption list, and a lot of times these are for for whatever reason, they they make this designation. But in her case, it was uh, her age and her health condition. So she has a number of preceding issues, although, again, they're usually very light on the information regarding what they are. But uh seems to be primarily like neurological type disorders that she has. Um, and she's super tiny. So right now, the, the kittens that we have are like, I think two of them are already bigger than her. Like that's how small of a cat she is. I'm fairly sure she's a Russian blue cat um i I cared for a lot of those in Sunset Park in the colonies, and she you know has um trouble seeing, so it's like advanced cataracts. It's not quite blind, but um you know so she so that's that's part of it too. but when she walks around, she tends to fall a lot, so uh we have everything situated uh around the apartment where I put down like a uh, padding on the floor. So it's like the same thing that you would maybe use if you were in a gym. So this way it's a soft cushion because there was no way to do it, but literally put it on the whole entire floor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she, when we first got her to, um, I remember the first vet visit that we had, I had, I had the vet come to the house, um, the visiting vet, because she was in such bad condition. Like she wasn't even walking. So I have her in the, like a little, uh, like a bassinet type thing, for lack of a better term. And that's how, you know, we first were dealing with her. And then she, you know, slowly came around. And, you know, she she definitely got into the swing of things. She's using all the little cat steps so she can go onto the window sills, And she would sleep, uh, you know, like watching the birds during the day. So, you know, she really came around quite a lot. And, you know, but again, just given her advanced age, I mean, she's a little more susceptible to... Uh, I think, you know, maybe like even the changes in weather, that, that pattern. So it got really cold the other day, like really cold. And I, I, given her size, she's I mean, she's only like a few pounds. I think she feels it a little more too. So it seems like that was maybe when it's, it started that she was a little bit under the weather. And then, yeah, so uh, – but we're definitely we're keeping a close eye on it. Now we have her wrapped up. Uh have a little – uh like hand warmers in the in the towels for her too. So she's just been sleeping like literally like we had her the whole morning. Um you know I'm just bringing her into like spots so she's right next to me so I can see her and I'm just covering her and you know keeping her when she needs to do something I you know I I, I put it down on the floor so she can drink the water or you know use a litter box but you know I'm basically just assisting her in everything right now.
1: Well you know because of her neurological condition she could be the first cat to promote Life Alert. I'm falling and I can't get up because is really like that, and yet she's a trooper. She gets up each and every time and struggles on. I take her once a day for her constitution,
7: yeah.
1: take her out in the hallway, and she walks all the way down the hall and then back. It takes about 20 minutes.
7: And, that, and that's a tricky one because those those floors are pretty hard out there, but, I mean, she will walk all the way to the to the other door and then just do a turn and then come back. But if she's like so focused when she goes on that walk and, you know, she definitely perks up. You can see like she, she knows that this is what she's supposed to do. So she just makes like a, a run for it as as fast as she can run, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yes, no doubt. And uh, by the way, people should realize that the vet who's such a kind gentleman, he does house visits. He basically said to us, This cat will be lucky to live two more days. You know, the the cat is in hopeless condition, and people need to know that Nancy nursed her back from the grave. She was halfway in the grave, and you nursed her back, and obviously she responded amazingly well to you. And then, naturally, uh, I developed a, a real strong relationship with Tuna because I call her AARP. She's the oldest of our rescue cats uh, and uh, it's like uh, the whole house revolves around tuna because she should never have survived there's absolutely no way she should have survived as you mentioned she's smaller than a kitten she's smaller yeah. than a kitten and she's at least 14 years old
7: yeah and and you know and the thing is uh when when adopting especially the you know one of the reasons why it's so hard to adopt out the older cats is because the medical issues that are that go along with that so and then that's also a reason why people relinquish their pets because of that so you know her condition um you know it's it's one of the types of cats that would be it'd be really difficult to even try to think that that someone would want to adopt this cat because you have to put basically a lot of work into the cat and it's you know i think that's the thing it's really it can be cost prohibitive but there's a, you know, and I always like really try to gauge the quality of life for the animals. Like, I I really don't like the idea that any animal would have to, you know, meet its last days in a shelter by itself, especially when you see the conditions of these shelters. I mean, it's like a horrible little box that they're living in. Like, I I don't think that that's the way to go. So as long as they have to live, I, I'd rather them, um, you know, be out and be in a good environment. And the good news with her is, you know, she, she does uh, sleep a lot. So I also believe that when they, you know, they have that opportunity where, you know, they're they're getting that that sleep, so most of her her existence is like a dream state. So as long as she's not in any active pain and she's just continuing to keep going, I mean, I would just keep supporting her.
1: Well, people need to go to Facebook at Curtis Lee, or Facebook at Curtis Lee, or Twitter at Curtis Lee, or Twitter at Curtis Lee. You can see uh the pictures that Nancy has posted of uh, Tuna. But also, you can see the first television ad that we were able to raise enough money to do in my campaign to become mayor. And it featured Tuna, and Tuna just stole the show. People almost, like, forgot all <laughs> about me.
7: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's, that's usually what happens when you have, like, an animal in any context. It's like you, you sort of uh, take your attention off the people and you focus on the animals.
1: Well, it was interesting as I was going through my, uh, my lines. She would crank her head up, and she would look at me. And it's almost as if she understood, because we were talking about animal welfare issues, no-kill shelters, which became a key position of my mayoral run. We have to eliminate these shelters that just execute, destroy, uh, and euthanize animals within three days if they're surrendered in or if they're found. If they're not forced out, if they're not adopted, there's a very good chance within 72 hours they'll be killed and tuna, because of her condition, was primed to have been euthanized. Uh, luckily, Nancy identified it, rescued the cat, and it's now been with us for two years and totally yeah. accepted by the other cats. The 18 cats, no, none of them give her a hard time. None of them.
7: Yeah, no, she's she's great. Um, you know, occasionally the the small ones, they 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 want to just like you know nuzzle up with her and play with her, but. You know, she likes to keep to herself a little bit and the kittens are a little too fast. <laughs> so I mean it, but it still works out okay because they've already learned to just let her do her own thing and you know, don't try to involve her in the in the play fighting that they did you.
1: Our number's one eight hundred, eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Uh then we saw there was a full page ad in the old gray lady, the New York Times, uh on the life and times of Ryder. That was the uh, carriage horse in a carriage horse industry that, in the heat of the summer, had totally collapsed and passed out on its way from Central Park to the uh, the stall. And the uh, owner uh, was whipping it furiously and screaming at it. And the surrounding crowd uh, just basically pushed him away, told him, leave that horse alone. They were pouring water on the horse. The cops came to the rescue And then all of a sudden, as the pressure was on the horse carriage industry, they said, oh, well, we've sent her away to a farm where she can live the rest of her life. We had our doubts, but apparently the New York Times has traced where she is.
7: Well, okay, yeah, so you kind of have to read between the lines here. The, The thing that they do is they explain in one paragraph that, oh, 80 miles away from New York City, uh, the, you know rider is recuperating in a, a farm so apparently they're saying that oh this the rider was adopted but they just show one picture of a horse on grass with a goat walking in front of it now i'm not sure how they identified that was rider and they never went into any details about like how they got this information like did they look at anything that would be able to really identify with rider so i'm, I'm not even sure <laughs> to be honest like you know if they can say for certain that this is the horse but you know it's like the whole tone of this uh, this article was really interesting because you know it, it, it kind of goes out of its way to defend the horse carriage industry and a lot of the stuff that it points to is the fact that uh, you know these uh, th- this industry and the people who run it and the, the the people who are driving the horses because you know what they do is like um, they're like um, independent contractors mm-hmm. They uh, are work. They are working in this context, but someone else is the owner of the horse. So it's like this curious relationship where they're taking care of the horse, but again, there's not a lot of standards in terms of how much um, you know knowledge they have to have about the horse, right? So, but the, the, you know, it goes on to point that um, oh, there's only been um, a, a few citations that they've ever had on the on the horse industry. And it has to do with, you know, maybe having more passengers than you're supposed to have a, the max of four. But, you know, again, even that standard doesn't determine the weight of, like, how much the horse can pull. But, it's you know, they go out of the way and say, oh, five agencies oversee this industry. Yeah, but if none of them are paying attention, I don't really know what that would mean in the first place. So the, and the only thing that really the, – the thing that makes me think that it's not really this horse rider – Is oh they they unveiled the industry unveils a plan. They're going to have horse retirement, and this is how you know every horse who leaves. Now apparently they can be worked from five to 27, and 27 is almost the end of their lifespan. So this idea that you know they're going to be sending them out to retirement. Now in theory, the owner of this horse, rider's owner, was was the one who's responsible for its retirement and its health and its well-being and now it's like someone else had to take up the slack for it because it's like someone rescued it. Well, that sounds like the obligation should be on the owner after they worked this horse for so long, and now they're not even responsible for its its care in the latter part of its life. I mean, this is really definitely – and you know, and this whole concept that, oh, we've had uh, the horse carriages in, in New York City 150 years. I mean, this is almost the antithesis of everything that – the uh, the city government and the the council really claims, oh, we want to change things. Things have been one way for too long, so we need to change them. Everything gets changed except for things of imports. So I mean, yeah, this this hundred fifty years, I don't think gives any additional uh, reason that you should be trying to keep this.
1: Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. It's the Animal Welfare Edition here at WABC. Right before you came on, uh, Nancy. We were discussing what women are doing to their menfolk in Bavaria and Germany during Oktoberfest. The ultimate machismo act is if you can be designated a grill master to uh, grill the schnitzel and the sausages during Oktoberfest when the beer is flowing. The women have said enough is enough because of global warming, because this is cruel and inhumane to animals. We will not provide sex to you as your wives, your girlfriends, nothing if you're going to continue to eat schnitzel and uh, if you're going to continue to eat sausages while you drink your beer during Oktoberfest.
7: That—that's one way to stop the schnitzel industry.
1: So you're—you're you're in favor of that.
7: Well, I—I I mean, let's face it. That's—that's got to be one of the best possible plans of action because that would work.
1: We will pay close attention to that. These, uh, this is up in Bavaria. That's where the Catholic Germans live as opposed to further out where the Lutheran Germans live. And I got to tell you, Catholics, as you know, they're not, they don't use uh, any kind of birth control. They drink a lot of beer, they eat a lot of sausage, and they eat a lot of schnitzel. So we are going to be focused to see if that actually works during Oktoberfest. Meantime, on the home front, I see this has been a lingering issue, but there's supposed to be legislation in New York. It's up in Albany in the state legislature to ban the sale of cats and dogs at pet stores. Uh, how would it work the way it's constructed?
7: Okay, so um, so now th- this law has um, already passed. And the only thing that it's waiting on now is for the signature of the governor. So, you know, this, this has passed, but the the concept is obviously to encourage uh, adoptions from the shelter system as opposed to uh, dogs dogs and cats that are being bred because of you know the the, the very well documented like uh, abuses that that are pretty rampant in that industry. Uh, you know, but it, again, unfortunately, it falls it falls kind of short of really accomplishing that objective because it states that the pet stores, they can't sell the uh, animals that are from these breeding situations, but it doesn't actually apply to the breeders themselves. So the breeders can continue to sell the animals and it's not really stamping out anything related to the industry. It's just saying you can't have them in the pet stores. So that's the only thing that they're really, um, they're really doing. They're just saying, oh, you can't sell them in the pet stores, but you can continue to breed them, and the breeders can continue to sell them. It doesn't put any clamp on that within the state of New York or, you know, like any further hurdles for the breeders themselves, which is really the problem because so the breeding will just continue. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, so, again, very weak type of law. Um, you know, I always, I always like to think, oh, maybe steps in the right direction, but, I mean, I, I think we're kind of past the point of, these, like little pieces of legislation that you know have hardly any impact whatsoever and, and really just you know they're just done for show in my opinion a lot of times I mean and the fact that it was already been passed early this year and this uh, governor can't get around to signing the piece of paper is ridiculous so yeah I mean I, I, it's it, this is just the the course of how a lot of these animal issues go everything is way too slow and, you know, this is why these things continue for so long.
1: Let's go to Gretchen in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gretchen.
8: Oh, hi. Nice to talk to you, Nancy and Curtis. Um, my cat Midnight passed away on Thursday morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: And she had been diagnosed Sorry, with a thyroid condition. And um, I know this is supposed to be very common in cats, but we've had cats all of my life, and... Uh, I've never had a cat that had that condition, so I just wondered if you had any insight on it. I don't really understand what it is, and if there was anything that I could have done to help her. Well, well, the doctor, the vet, had given her medicine, and that didn't work. Uh, That that gave her anemia, so then I was giving her the Hills, the YD, uh, the the, uh, food, the cat food, and that seemed to perk her up and she was doing well um and then you know wednesday during the day she just kind of started to go downhill you know didn't want to eat and um she was diagnosed uh, around the end of june i think yeah
7: um yeah now i i have uh, not had a cat uh so far that has been diagnosed with that but i and in terms of what can you do i think or what could you have done? I I think that's really kind of where the problem is with a lot of these um, like animal health issues, because there's so many, like, as you, I'm sure, you know, there's so many different things that they can test animals for. And unless you're um, bringing an animal like every single year to, to get this like huge amount of, of test work done, it's maybe hard to figure out sometimes what's going on with them or if they're developing anything, or if they're, it's possible that they can develop something. So, yeah, you know, again, this is and this is really again one of those really difficult things because maybe by the time that it is diagnosed, because the the situation has already bubbled to the surface, the, it's gone on for a while where you know there's other like ancillary things that happen. So, because I know cats tend to have like a domino effect in when they have the health issues. So, if they have one thing, it can lead to something else and yeah, I mean that's what's really tough. It's it's hard to, you know, with I think that's why it's just the more you just maintain a healthy um, you know, diet for them for their whole lives, healthy lifestyle, but you know, and as interactive as you can be with them with, you know, playing so that they're getting a lot of exercise, but yeah, it's it's really tough because I have um, you know, even sometimes when I I dealt with a lot of cats on the street and you have no way to to grab them in to get that type of medical check. It's like you start doing stuff very holistically. It's like what, well, what is good for them, or you know, it's you. You really have to reach sometimes into those things. But yeah, in terms of that, I'm. I don't think that it's something that you're necessarily on guard for to look out, and yeah, I'm, I, it's just I'm. I'm sorry to hear that that happened.
1: Well, I'm amazed uh, having seen so many cats uh, that you brought into the house. You've uh, repaired. You've socialized, and then you've adopted out. How they have so many human kind of medical situations high blood pressure, cancer, thyroid conditions, heart problems. Almost they're like uh, almost mini human beings in terms of their medical situations.
7: Yeah, and and then when you do have a situation that's identified, you know, there's there's like, there'll be multiple um, courses of action, and it could depend upon you know, the age or uh, health of the the pet, like how aggressive they can be, or it'll be like a trial and error. Like, let's see if this works first, and then if it doesn't, then we'll go to this. But that's why, I mean, a, a lot of this that I find is uh, with the veterinarians where they have that more um, holistic approach in in a, in a way, like where you're addressing the symptoms and just trying to treat the symptoms at that point, because sometimes you have where some of these issues get so far advanced that it becomes very difficult and, like I said, cost prohibitive to to most normal people to be able to address the way that they're telling you. I mean, they could be telling you something like $5,000, $10,000, and then someone will relinquish the pet, whereas you you know, if you, if you just have to treat the symptoms that they're having or you're really just trying to make their quality of life as good as you can – you know, there's, there's no reason to relinquish the animal, but, you know, it can be daunting when you hear that those types of figures.
1: Let's go to Pat in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC, Pat.
9: Hi, Chris. Hi, Nancy. I have a question. Um, my husband and I have two cats. They're around two years old, three months of, apart. And, um, He's reluctant to go away because he's so attached to these cats. (laughs) He's like, I'm not kidding you. It's like an issue between us now. He's like, well, you know, when we go away, I have anxiety because of the cats. But I said, my son will take them. And my son had lived here with us and was with the cats. And I'm sure they'll be fine. There's four of the cats upstairs in the house that my daughter has. But I tell them, they'll be, do you think they'll be okay? I got to tell them that I called you. In your opinion, if we leave them like for five days
5: there,
7: well, or, yeah, or... certainly. If you have um, your son um, watching over them, then I would I would see no problem with that. And then uh, especially because they have uh, pre existing relationships, so it's not a stranger situation where you know they might be a little bit more timid, but. Yeah, if, if they know, have a relationship with your son, five days isn't that long. I mean, he, you know, I, I think that that would be completely fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I can understand the anxiousness. I mean, I always think that myself, but um, I would say the only time I ever, you know, would, would, would think about not going is if the cat had, like, a particular ailment at that moment. And, like, okay, it was requiring that constant sort of care where – You know that there's always that that feeling too. It's like no one's going to take care of them better than you do because you love them so much. So if there was a really like a pressing issue, I could see that. But if it's just, I mean, they're young and they're healthy, I don't see any issue with that.
1: Let's go if we can to Michael's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC. Mike.
4: Good morning, uh, Curtis and uh, Nancy.
7: Good morning
4: uh I've had dogs and never cats the first dog I vaguely remember was a beagle named spike and he'd like to run (laughs) he ran away to see his friend the horse A babysitter had a horse, and he always went to see his friend the horse. Oh, that's funny. And my father always knew where to find him, in the barn, lying mm-hmm. down next to the horse. Oh, that's funny. The second pet dog we hound was a uh, foster named Duke, and he developed mange.
7: Oh, We didn't geez, have okay. him long. Yeah.
4: The third dog we had was a female beagle named Duchess. She ran out into Franklin Turnpike and was hit by a car.
1: Oh, my God. All these situations involving Michael. I don't know if I can recover from all that. (laughs) He was a beagle guy, though. Two out of the three uh, dogs were beagles. Our number is 1-800-848-9222.
0: Talk Radio 77. WABC. The Curtis Slewa Show presents Curtis's Ark with Nancy Slewa Now with Nancy Sliwa, here's Curtis Lewa.
1: Well, I got to tell you, uh, Frank Morano, the Mama Luke, Sometimes his callers on the other side of midnight that he hosts will ask him about cat questions. He acts like he's a vet, like he's an expert. And I think you and I both know, Nancy, he was a dog guy before he met. Rachel knows very little about cats, and yet he acts like, uh, you know, he's a veterinarian.
7: Yeah, he's kind of like a, a reluctant cat owner. He was sort of dragged into it, I think, against his will. And he's trying to make the most of it. But... I, I I still sense in him that he'd he prefer to have a dog.
1: No doubt about it. Let's go to Esther in Queens. Your turn to be heard here in the Animal Welfare Edition of WABC, Esther.
5: Oh, thank you for all you guys, what you do. It's fantastic. We're rooting for Tuna. I know that, yes. that they're going to make it. I know it. she's a fighter like you guys. All right. It's great. Yes. But you have a great healing energy, Nancy. And, you know, it's interesting. There are some rescuers. I do a little bit of TNR myself in rescue work. There is some who can really bring them back from the brink, you know. It's amazing. I believe they have their own little destinies, and they often hide their symptoms. I felt bad about that cat owner who mentioned she just lost her cat. It's always heart-wrenching. But they have their little destinies, you know, like us. But you know, I also wondered if you could tell me. We you know we don't see the police, the mounted units, that much. Do we know much about what's happening with that, with those units?
1: Yes, uh, I they can use, tell you. I yeah. said there were about eighty-eight horses that are trained to be the mounted unit uh, right. under Bill De Blasio. About halfway through his administration, he decided no longer to use them because oh, clearly, no. if a, a police officer on a trusted steed could go into a crowd situation he or her could see all around because they have a tremendous advantage. And there were complaints, you know, from uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa activists that said the horses were intimidating. So he kept them in the stalls under Mayor Eric Adams. I noticed they're bringing the horses back slowly, but I never see them in total. It's like I know there are eighty-eight of them, uh, and they are, wow, they're they're yeah. well kept and well fed, and obviously yeah. they're crucial at times uh, when there are Absolutely. large gatherings of people.
5: Sure, sure. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I hope that uh, <laughs> the, the swagger man without a plan. <laughs> hopefully, he'll bring them back. You know, he's really he's really deserted us, but. But regarding the animals, you guys are doing such a wonderful job. And, Nancy, it's fantastic what you've done. I've looked at the e-list.
1: I've sent an email out to somebody who is part of his administration, Nancy, in between shows today. Yeah. Somebody I've known for years because almost every one of his advisors is in a circle or from Canarsie, and they're all crooks because they went to the uh, Democratic Club there, the Thomas Jefferson Club, but I to one of them I said, if you're going to be in the D.R., Santo Domingo tomorrow, which they're scheduled to be, supposedly to help the Dominicans with their flooding issues, I said, have Eric Adams talk to the leaders there how they discarded the horse-drawn carriages in Santo Domingo and how now they have the electric carriages that have replaced the horse-drawn carriages and the driver's still earn income except they're now in an electric carriage now that's a third world country they've done that there so maybe just maybe because uh, eric adams uh, does not want to change uh the horse carriage industry uh, and force it to go to electric carriages so maybe he might learn something
7: yeah that would actually be a good use of this time
1: exactly because i haven't i can't for the life of me figure that out I was saying to myself, uh, I think I even mentioned it to you, or you mentioned it to me. Is like, if this hurricane clobbers Florida, which it's scheduled to do, Mm -hmm. and let's uh, say hits the other six borough of the city of New York, which is Boca Raton, and causes damage, will he be so quick to want to go down and help DeSantis?
7: Uh, And I think Floridians are on their own.
1: (laughs) And by the way, they don't need his help. They don't need Eric Adams. I don't think
7: they'd want it either.
1: Let's go to Richard, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC. Richie Rich.
7: Hello, Curtis and Nancy. Um, I was wondering if you know anything about Kaporos, if you ever heard about that. It's a ritual that takes place every year in yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. I do. It,
4: do you have any connections with anybody in that community? I know you campaigned heavy, cur- heavily there, Curtis, uh, that you could talk to these people that, to stop this slaughter that goes on in the middle of the
5: streets.
1: Yeah, no, I've had conversations, and even though I've uh, been involved in the Hasidic and Orthodox community for many, many years They're very resistant on this. They claim that it's uh, part of heritage, it's part of the religious tradition. They claim that they take these chickens, which are trucked in, they whirl it around their heads uh, to get rid of uh, any negativity, uh, and then they slit their throats and they bleed them out in the streets. And uh, I saw it for the first time years ago in Williamsburg, and I was repulsed by it. But, you know, I didn't think anything about it until other people brought it to my attention. And it's clear. It's just got to stop, Richard. It's got to stop.
4: Yeah,
7: sure does. And they do it in Lakewood, New Jersey, also.
1: Yeah, no, no. It's uh, not all orthodox, not all Hasidim. Uh, For some reason, they think that uh, shaking the the chicken around their head is going to prevent negativity from taking place. Uh, That's... That's just old school. I mean, we could go through a million different old school things that have changed. It just, it, it's barbaric. And especially to slit their throats right out on the street and they bleed out on the street. It's, uh. Anyway, let's go to, KC uh, was calling all the way from Michigan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, KC. Hey,
4: Curtis and Nancy, how you doing? Hey, listen, I feed four cats. I feed four vernal cats. And they come out of the woodwork like uh, the rock people from Flash Gordon. Uh, as soon as I come home, I know you'd like that, Curtis. That's a, that's a good reference. Hey, but, but when I come home, these cats know when I come home, I go out, and I feed them all the time. How do I get them to where I can pet them? All
1: right, so these are feral cats, outdoor cats. Which part of Michigan do you live in, Casey?
4: Oh, I live in Detroit.
1: Okay, which part of Detroit?
4: Um, I live in the Boston-Edison neighborhood.
1: Well, I know that. Spent a lot of time there in the court Corridor Northwest. Uh, so I'm very, very familiar with uh, Detroit. So, Nancy, uh, is there a possibility that these feral cats will ever approach him and allow him to pet them?
6: Well, uh, yeah, I think,
7: I mean, certainly, the yeah, you're on a good track because by feeding them consistently, so you're already developing that relationship where, They're trusting you. They know you. They're depending on you for food. So that's, like, I think that's really where it starts with the feral cats. Now, depending upon how feral they are, I mean, sometimes they just don't want to be pet. But um, my suggestions would be uh, when you're feeding them as much, you know, like I always like to um, sit with them. So if you're sitting with them and you could be doing anything else, like you could be reading or, but it's just like your presence there it makes it seem like you're part of the group. So it's like, you know, I think that sort of gets you into the the loop with them because, you know, the more I would lay out the food, and of course if you keep the food closer to you and you're just sitting there like nothing's happening, like it's no big deal, so any level of fear they may have of getting close to you will be dispelled by the fact that you're as comfortable as you are being as close as you are to them. So, I mean, it definitely would take time, and depending upon how feral they are, you know it may not be their nature, but I think you're you're on the right track already by feeding them consistently,
1: so I never knew that so if you actually just sat quietly there amongst the feral cats, they might just saunter up to you, assuming that you were part of their feral cat colony
7: yeah like i, I remember um I remember one time, so for instance uh you know where I used to feed them uh initially the initial group in sunset park, you know they they eat they would eat the food, but it was near like a common driveway area. So, you know, anytime people would, you know, come up to their houses, they hear footsteps, or, you know, they would all even though I'm there with them, they would kind of run, right? I'm feeding them. So then I would just start to sit there and I was just like among them. And then I noticed that as this the same sort of uh influence like the people coming up the the driveway or people, you know, they weren't scared. They didn't run anymore. So it was like we had this united front where, you know, they knew, like, I was there, so they're going to be safe because they don't have to run. So it's like it's these little building blocks that, that really get get that get them to, like, uh, be comfortable with you like that.
1: Let's go to Janice in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here in the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC, Janice.
7: Hello,
9: uh, Nancy and Curtis. It's great to talk to you again Um I've called in to speak to you about my cats that were born in the woods and that showed up on my doorstep 16 years ago, but I wanted to add to the thyroid uh conversation. Um I had thyroid levels with my two cats out of the, out of the four that were off the charts. So I took them to Oradell Animal Hospital up in North Jersey, here in my area, and they gave me an alternative of a treatment for the thyroid, which is called the I one thirty one, and it's a one time injection to the the pet, and you drop them off like it on a Monday, and they hospitalize the pet. For five days under their their watch, and it cures the thyroid, and and I I really I kept saying, and the doctor that I was seeing with my Cosmo and baby, they had the high thyroid levels. The doctor was Doctor Lucy, who is a, a genuine great doctor and i had i brought both of them there on a monday and this was going back about two years ago maybe two and a half years ago and i dropped them off on a monday and then they kept them till uh all week till friday and i took them home and it was a great procedure and i swear by it Mm. and i think it's Something that a lot of people don't know about, or maybe they do, but I just wanted to share with you.
1: No, no, um, no. Uh, we we certainly appreciate that, Janice. Uh, I know there are a lot of people with thyroid conditions out there who are on all kinds of medication to keep it from flaring up, who might uh, actually want to engage themselves in that shot at the Oradell uh, uh, Animal Center. Wow. Anyway, let's go to John in Freehold, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, John. Uh, John in Freehold, New Jersey. Freehold, New Jersey. It took Uh, three times. It took three times for him to get that. Go ahead, John.
4: (laughs) Um, Two questions. One, um, I have a uh, Mastiff puppy Um, I love him. His name is Buster. I call him Bubby. He's already one years old, and he's uh, 170 pounds. Oh, God. He's not neutered yet. um, I don't want to neuter him, and my wife does.
1: Now, 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 hold hold on. Hold on, John. One year old, and this Mastiff, this pit bull Mastiff, is 170 pounds? Yes. Yes. And you (laughs) don't want to neuter him?
4: He's, a, he's very, he's very, I raised him from a little pup from eight weeks old. He's very gentle. He doesn't bite. He's not aggressive.
7: Well, what is the reason that you don't want to have the the dog neutered? I mean, I wouldn't want to be neutered myself. Well, I mean, usually I think the, 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 the best way for, I think when they get neutered, uh, why it's such a good idea is because they will have the urge to want to procreate. But unless they're in a situation where they can, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a, a torturous thing. Like they can, they never have that that option. So, I mean, and it, I think that's probably the, the the way to think about it. You know, it's like un- unless this dog's running around with a girlfriend or something, it's probably better just to to make it where the, he doesn't have to focus on that at all.
4: Oh, okay. That's that's all right. Yeah. So if I don't want to make getting
1: it done. I think we're, we're losing John there but by the way uh Nancy if you were a cadet at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs you can no longer use the term boyfriend or girlfriend. Oh,
7: uh what, what what can I use?
1: Uh,
7: I'm going I'm going to stick with with um with that. I'm I'm fine with that. I'll I'll, I'll continue friend, to use that.
1: Friend. You refer to them as your friend because that covers all genders, all sexual preferences, your friend.
7: Well, I'm I'm old school, so I'll, I'll continue to use those terms.
1: Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Michael calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Michael?
8: Hey, it's so good to talk to both of you. Um, listen,
4: maybe you guys could take a note and check this out um, at some point. But on, in Bay Ridge, in 99th Street between Shore Road and 3rd Avenue, there are so many homeless cats there. Um, at least you can see it at any given moment. I would say there's at least 10, but um, that block is just completely filled. You Sometimes you see three, four of them walking around, and they're there every single day.
1: Now, question, uh, is somebody feeding them or putting out water? Because it would suggest to me that maybe somebody is uh, caring for them as feral cats.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, there's always food and stuff there, but... um it's just a lot, you know, and I see it all the time and I always feel bad for them, you know, and I've been meaning to. Well, if
7: if you see them, if you, if you can see them close, uh, close up enough, if they are part of, um, like a fixed colony and someone's taking care of them in the appropriate ways, then you'll see an ear tip because that's what they do. They, um, tip the ear when they spay and neuter them. So this way, uh, you know, you, they wouldn't pick them up again that, that you're aware, uh, you know, that the, in theory, the, the dog catchers, you know, don't come and get them because that that's a way to at least tell that they're being cared for appropriately. So being outdoors uh, sometimes is the only option for them because once they're born outdoors, you know, it's like the only thing is if you bring them to the shelter, they would be considered too feral to adopt out. They'd probably euthanize them. So that's why. They really do make a lot of sense being outdoors as long as they're cared for appropriately. So, yeah, definitely check for ear tips, and then you can be a little more rest assured that they're being cared for right.
1: So quick question, 99th Street, Shore Road, and where?
4: Between Shore Shore Road
1: Road and 3rd Avenue. Okay, I'm going to be in Bay Ridge. We're dealing with growing crime problems there, the Guardian Angels. So I'll definitely stop by that area this week and give a report to Nancy. Nancy, that's the area we were at when we were visiting Bob Capano, who had rescued cats, and there was an elderly woman there. Remember, who had a yeah, number I do. of cat colonies. I do. Yeah, yeah. And, might... and
7: she would go out, um, like you know, daily to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, you know, I would say the only thing in terms of beyond that, like as long as they, you know, they're they look healthy, they look fine. Um, you know, then during the winter, uh, you'll definitely know if they're being cared for because wherever they live at night there should be like little boxes those little shelters they have so this way they can you know keep out of the snow and things like that but yeah i mean if it's managed um you know well then they're i mean this is really uh the best option for them in many instances and they do quite well out there i mean i i've had um that one mama cat who um you know was the first cat i ever started taking care of uh was part of you know a, a many that I managed, and, you know, you took care of, you know, every day, and they get the shelters in the winter, and they get the vet visits, and, I mean, she lived to, like, almost 11 years old outdoors, so, I mean, she was always, you know, fine. She was always fine.
1: Well, that's near Fontainebleau Hall. That's the old girls Catholic high school. I remember the elderly woman, uh, we were watching her attend to the... uh, feral cat colonies out there. So I'll check up on on this week and give you a report on that, Nancy. Now, if anybody out there would like to get in touch with you to learn more about uh, uh, the work you do as part of the Guardian Angels uh, and also to answer uh, their questions or have any further conversation on animal welfare issues, how can they contact you?
7: Uh, Well, you can go to the the website, uh, guardianangels.org. Uh, and then there's a, a tab for animal protection, but you can also just email me, uh, Nancy at guardianangels.org.
2: And
1: let uh, let tuna know I'll be there in a little bit. <laughs> uh, you uh, really uh, did a miracle today. You uh, kept uh tuna alive. She was on her last legs, and she'll she'll be able to live uh, hopefully uh, for for many many years from now. Anyway, if you'd like to see the Odyssey, the tuna's been on. Just go to Facebook at Curtis Sleewa. Well, that's Facebook at Curtis Sleewa. Well, Twitter at Curtis Sleewa. Well, that's Twitter at Curtis Sleewa. Well, and you can see how Nancy took this cat, who earlier today wasn't moving. When I went to the house with Nancy, I for sure thought that Tuna had passed into the hereafter. And yet, like Lazarus. Nancy was able to raise tuna, and she's well on the road to recovery. Thank you, Nancy.
7: No, thank you. I'm sure she'll be anxiously awaiting your return.
1: Up next, Dominic Carter, who is down there at the Tunnel to Tower Walk and Run with the Stephen Siller Foundation with a number of our WABC listeners. And also I have a message for him to pass on to Mameluke Frank Morano, who was walking around busting his buttons and bridges with pride because of a survey that was done of men in the five boroughs of the city of New York.
0: Talk Radio 77. WABC. The founder of the Guardian Angels,
6: a group dedicated to fight crime on
0: the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC.
2: Well,
1: well, little Rihanna here, Barbadian. Rihanna's going to be the star of the halftime show at the upcoming Super Bowl, her and her alone. I know uh, all I got to do is mention Rihanna to you and your (laughs) eyes go boogaboo. Wow. Do you approve? Of course. I just hope she doesn't come out with the S&M garb, uh, with the uh, whip and the uh, ball gag and chain and all that stuff. Because, you know, that J... Jay-Z is the one who now organizes that on behalf of the NFL. He does. And he'll want her to be freaky deaky. She doesn't need that. She doesn't need that. But anyway, speaking of freaky deaky, I got it on good authority that Frank Murano, the Mama Luke, was walking around busting his buttons and bridges with pride because of the um, study that was made of males in all five boroughs. Over the past two months, 1,700 New York men from Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, and Manhattan dropped their trousers, and apparently their male members were measured. And it turned out that Staten Island, the average rating was 8.89 inches. And I think that was really Pete Davidson's contribution. It was always assumed that the reason that he was a chick magnet is he had a huge hose. So, so wait, I, I have a question. You don't know want I, me to give you the rest it, of the yeah, figures? I, I
10: do, but, but what am I supposed to say in reaction to all of this? Well,
1: we got to ask Frank. He's got to live up to 8.89 inches. That's the average in Staten Island, 7.21 inches in Brooklyn, in the Bronx, 6.54 in Queens, and only 5 inches in Manhattan. Now, wait a minute.
10: You know that I'm from the Bronx. What were those Bronx numbers again?
1: The Bronx was third behind Brooklyn, six point seven six inches. Brooklyn was second at seven point two one. Staten Island, eight inches, point eight nine. We're
10: not talking about rain or snow. We're no. talking about we're talking parks. about
1: rolling out uh, one's male member. Ah. Uh. So can you uh, find out from Frank if he lives up to this 8.89 rating in Staten Island? But I need documentary evidence.
10: So, I have no idea what's going on. So you want me to go ask another man.
1: They just have to ask. You tell them, do what it's done here. <laughs> they drop their trousers. He can lay it right out here in the studio desk.
10: <laughs> and you
1: got, the, you got the
10: ruler. Here's the ruler. Uh-huh. And wait, who's going to measure Now remember, m- me it, it
1: cannot be turgid. It must be flaccid. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm assuming that's the way it is for Frank all the time. So could you please do that? You have to service all of the clients. Mm. You think so? So how are you today, Curtis? Oh, busy, busy, busy. But now you are even busier because you were down at the annual Tunnel to Tower Walk and Run with a lot of our WABC listeners. You had actually uh, collected more money. From your team of WABC listeners and anyone else, you smoked me, you smoked a lot of us. How how, how did you do that? You got so many people that donate so much great money for such a great cause. The Stephen Siller Foundation.
10: $5,600 to be exact, almost three times what, what they were looking to do. It, it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection, as you well know, the answer to the question before you asked it. It's about our great listeners here at WABC. It's yeah, but that. They,
1: they had a lot of different people's pictures to tap into on the website, mm-hmm. including mine, including Judge Jeanine Pirro, including Rita Cosby, Sid, Bernie, uh, obviously, uh, Frank Murano, A lot of, uh, oh, uh, Greg Kelly, quite a few who are participating, and you just blew us all away. I mean, your listeners obviously have some change in their pockets. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) Biden-slash-Putin inflation is not affecting them like it was mine. Although I got notes very late into the campaign. Here we go. Here we go. Like only a week. (laughs) You had a distinct advantage, you and the Mama Luke Frank Morano. You didn't try he, to act me out, did you?
10: He, here we go. Here we go. So, here by the go. way,
1: here is my 12-inch ruler. Here we go. When Frank Morano comes in here, I'm going to leave this for you. This I, is the I study. I cannot
10: believe you are passing me a ruler. Are you serious? Well, uh,
1: let's see if he lives you up. You want
10: me to measure his... Well, look, I'm sure this was Pete (laughs) Davidson,
1: Uh, really. He was probably the trudge of Staten Island. I mean, why else would you hang out with Pete Davidson, right? I mean, look at that guy. He's all tatted up. He's a skinny Bellini. You know what they say about guys who are skinny Bellinis. You know, large hands, large feet, long schlong. So measure Frank off and let me know if he's up to Staten Island standards.